This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by Latchkey Kingdom, a webcomic by Nick Daniel. Yep, and if you want to check that out, you should go to Nick, or not to Nick. <laughs> Don't go to Nick directly and just say, hey, <laughs> I heard you did these comics. That doesn't scale. It is very <laughs> bad for Nick. Don't <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah, that's a, that a bad idea. Even though his home phone number <laughs> is 707-223-6562. That's not true. Um, but instead, you can go to latchkeykingdom.com. And uh, there you're going to see the whimsical adventures of uh, Willow Dragonfly. It is a uh, a comic that uh, we both really like. Super charming. Um, video game literate without being about video games. And uh, just very uh, – uh, has its heart in the right place. Mm -hmm. And and uh, the art is uh, fantastic and beautiful, which is underlined in an arc that is very, very relevant to today's episode. Uh, it's called Titan. And uh, we'll we'll put a link to that in the show notes, and you should see uh, how he interprets the Colossi. It's really neat. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is a Shadows of the Colossus homage, yes. and it is. Uh, it's very funny. So I, I read it again this morning. <laughs> so uh, that web address again is latchkeykingdom.com, dot com, and uh, you guys should all check it out. Gary, oh no, there's a Colossus attacking the city. It's prejudice, I think. Or, oh, okay. Uh, it's, well, you should get on its back. Uh, yeah, there's a... It hates, uh, uh, Gary, you know what? My heart isn't in this because I think that there's something more pressing to talk about. The situation in Serbia? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, I think so, too. Let me direct your attention to this map. You see that Serbia is... That's, that's not true. Um, <laughs> He'll never be able to tell that, that it's a rerun. Oh, no, the Falkland Islands are in Yeah, there's, well, there's always, well, there's probably always a situation in Serbia. Yeah. Th this episode is somehow the, our most evergreen now <laughs> because of the cultural conditions in, uh, yeah. in pretty much a lot of the world. Yeah, and here too, We could have said the cultural conditions in the United States and, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. never going to get to Colombia or anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what uh, what what is our we have a, we have a big announcement. Yes. Well, if you'll remember around this time last year, we launched a Kickstarter uh in order to get to the Portland Retro Games Expo. Um and as we uh, since we were still alive, that was a rousing success. <laughs> I know. We lived through that. Any Kickstarter you can walk away from. Um <laughs> but so this year we decided we wanted to do that specific thing again, but we wanted to do a little bit more. And uh we're looking at different uh, kind of models and we've decided that a uh, to launch a Patreon. I think Patreon is the model that best fits the actual, you know, what we're doing. You know, yes. it is a little bit like a Kickstarter, except instead of being designed for one big expensive thing, like making a game or, you know, funding a Zach Braff vanity project, <laughs> it is instead for an ongoing project of which the network is one. <laughs> yes. So. so the way that it works, you go to uh, duckfeed.tv slash tip jar. There's going to be a link to the Patreon or just do a search on Patreon itself. Um, and you pledge a certain amount per month. Uh, mm -hmm. Some places it's like a certain amount per thing. You know, we do so much in a given month that it makes sense just to break it down a month, uh, you know, per mm -hmm. month. And uh, then that automatically goes out to us. And uh, it is your way of saying we want this thing to exist. Yep. And I, I want to emphasize uh, the shows are going to remain free. We're mm -hmm. not holding anything hostage uh, from you. It is, uh, you know, nothing's going to change that. But, you know, if you if you listen to the show, if you've got like a buck and literally a buck a month, like $12 mm -hmm. a year makes a big difference. I feel shilly saying that. But it really like if, you know, if enough people did that, that would fund us being able to go to these live shows we want to do and uh, just be able to do more with the network. And mm -hmm. then also, you know, we put a lot of work into the shows. Yeah. 
So, uh, you know, sometimes I want to get a $5 foot long <laughs> and uh, say, hey, it's on Duckfeed's time. <laughs> and then no one say, hey, it's these five friends from Duckfeed who got me this foot long. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's Jeffrey Vandergoot, Jolla Prentice, <laughs> the, the, uh, Brad Carey, the, uh, you know, and just put it on my Duckfeed silver card. <laughs> um, yeah. So what, what do, uh, but there is something in it for you guys. Yes, sir. Um, similar to the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, similar to other Patreon uh, campaigns, what we want to give you back in exchange uh, for your generosity is access. Microsoft access. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so some kind of share point, a point yeah. that we share. Um, yeah. In, instead of that, I mean, and there's a kind of a long list of different uh, different rewards. Uh, we won't go. They're all on the Patreon page, mm-hmm. but it's kind of uh, elevating levels of um you know, access. So, the, you know, there's a production blog we're going to start where we talk about the actual process of making the show. Um, we are going to uh, incentivize you to be able to get the shows a little bit early. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the thing I'm probably most excited about is doing a, a monthly uh, live stream chat um, at the $5 level. Yes. So uh, if you can afford $5 a month, we're going to do these kind of probably Google Hangouts. Yes. Um, video streams once a month. And uh, you can ask questions and just kind of hang out and it'll be a fun, uh, fun video for all. Yeah, it'll just be a way to uh, to hang out with some pod bros. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we are very excited about this. We feel that uh, you know it it aligns with the incentives that we want to have to continue to put out content, to continue to do awesome, interesting new things, and uh, to give you guys the ability to directly you know vote for us with your dollars, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, so go to uh, duckfeed.tv forward slash tip jar and click on that Patreon link. Check it out. Watch the funny video we made. And uh, and decide, you know, if you're able to. And again, no hard feelings if you can. Mm-hmm. Money site, not if, holding anything hostage. If you don't have any, uh, if you don't have the ability to give on your own, share it with some friends. Say like, hey, these guys are doing this thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah we appreciate anything or nothing that you can do. <laughs> yeah. It is all appreciated. The fact that you're hearing this is a built-in appreciation <laughs> yes. buck. Yes. Into it, but to earn more appreciation bucks, <laughs> you can go to duffy.tv forward slash tip jar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast. And this week we are talking about Shadow of the Colossus, uh, which is an action adventure game uh, published by Team Eco and published by Sony Computer Entertainment for the PS2 in 2005. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it is odd in that it is both a spiritual successor and prequel to Eco, which came out in 2001. Um, In this game, you play as a young man named Wander who is on a mission to kill 16 Colossi so he can revive a young girl named Mono. Um, There are no traditional levels to this, and the game could be seen as a prolonged boss rush. Yes, boss rush. 
Boss Rush. <laughs> it is, but it's more like a prolonged boss mosey. <laughs> boss. It's a boss meander. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's both grandiose and understated. It's kind of got this uh, conflict in the way that it presents itself, right? And it has like a really, really uh, tight gameplay loop. Like it has this rhythm to it that mm-hmm. uh, makes it almost like a like a poem. There are verses and refrains, right? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a masterclass in pacing mm-hmm. in a video game. Like it is, it, you know, I haven't played a game that's as paced as well as this probably. Um, but you really kind of go through this this set loop where uh, Dorman tells you about your next foe. And you use your sword's guiding light to get there. You travel across a huge open world on horseback to get to the boss arena. Um, you observe the Colossus and figure out how to access its weak points. Um, and then after killing the Colossus, you're transported back to the temple to start everything over again. Right. So, and the game is kind of defined by what isn't there. You know, it doesn't have levels. It doesn't have, uh, you know dungeons per se the bosses are the levels the bosses are the dungeon the bosses are the bosses and the enemies right so there are no items uh that you get and your vocabulary doesn't really increase you have a bow you have a sword you have a horse and that's pretty much it until new game plus right Mm -hmm. instead you know there are a couple of stats you have like health and endurance uh you know which really just governs your grip strength uh you know in a metal gear solid-esque fashion um, and there are a couple things that happen each time. So, you know, as you go on, your character gets more haggard and your stats increase a little bit. Um, and there are these things that appear at the temple, you know, in, uh, increasing numbers as you go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Shadow of the Classes is something of a technical marvel, uh, since the development team had to develop a whole new physics engine, which would allow both Wander and the Classes to move in concert with each other. Uh, this had a complex collision detection along with the scale of the monsters that you fight. This really kind of pushed the PS2 to the limit. Like, yep. this is a really technically impressive little piece of software. Yeah, for, for for sure. And, you know, it came very late in the PS2 life cycle. You know, the it's the same year that the Xbox 360 came out, even. You know, mm-hmm. so this is kind of an example of, you know, what can happen once a studio really masters the hardware. Right? Yeah, late console... Lifecycle games are always the best. Definitely. Like, those are great. That was true of the, the NES and the SNES mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And, you know, flashing back to the hardware episode just a little bit, looking at, you know, what can you do on the PlayStation 2 that you can't do on the PlayStation 1, you know, et cetera. You kind of have these intangibles. And in this case, like, you couldn't have done something at this scale with that kind of, you know, draw distance, right, mm-hmm. you know, on something that is not the PS2. And it barely did it on the PS2, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, you know, there should be a word about the audio, too, uh, since this is something that was kind of a pioneer of dynamic mixing, um, specifically as regards recorded orchestral music. So there is stuff like Monkey Island 2, you know, with the Muse engine, et cetera, et cetera. But this is, you know, a very uh, pronounced instance of the, the, the themes changing in response to what you're doing in the game. Right, right. And that all contributes to, you know, the, the greater whole mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, you know, and the soundtrack's wonderful. Like, uh, you know, having this episode as an excuse to get the soundtrack is a, <laughs> is, is a, is a joy. Um, the game is, is lonely and beautiful too. <laughs> like it yeah. is, uh, this is, you know, uh, a real like exhibit A in the video games as art grand argument. And, uh, this, this l- lonely, uh, beauty is kind of a key thing that was almost not a thing because this was supposed to be an MMO, <laughs> which an MMO can neither be beauty, beautiful nor lonely. <laughs> Like, like, nor good. Like, there's, yeah. like, there's pretty much no way this game would have been okay as an MMO. Right. Like, just imagine all these people. You know, Xbox Livers like 
you know, swear. No, everyone knows when you attack this Colossus, you go hunter, hunter, spitter, you know, like just yelling at you through a headset about the right way to fight these things. Yep. Can you imagine anything worse than that? I mean, it's, it would it would insane. have to be something like Uru or something even uh, as restricted as, say, like a Resident Evil, uh, not Umbrella Chronicles. Uh, what is it? Outbreak? File 1 yeah. and File 2? Like where, you know, there there was non, you know, non-direct communication, right? Yeah. And like, yeah. They, like the, the they had to scale it way, way back, too, because like originally they wanted like 80 colossi or something like that. It was going to be just like just ridiculous. Yeah, and, I think it, I think it was um, I feel like it was 64. Oh, yeah, I think it was 64 and then down to, to 20, 24, 28. Uh, yeah, down, like to, down, down to 24 to because they're 24. actually yeah. yeah, they're eight cut colossi. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're pretty much it made me think that like. One of the big reasons why I don't like playing MMOs is because it inherently imposes a right way to do something yep. with a, you know, with people to enforce that rule. So, like, even if you're playing a single player game, there is a right way to do something, but there's nobody to enforce that rule. So you get that joy of discovery. But mm-hmm. in an MMO, you doing things the right way, you know, other people are dependent on you doing things the right way. So mm-hmm. how that just does not feel fun. Like, the, it's hard for me to imagine fun existing in that space. Yeah, stuff gets codified. And yeah. there's always going to be somebody who doesn't know as much, and people are always going to be angrier, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, ugh. Uh, um, there, there was a conversation on my work's Facebook about, like, videos of traffic in, uh, you know, different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, if you look at, you know, like, the streets of Bangalore or certain places in, like, Eastern Europe where it's just chaos. There are no lanes. There are no rules, you know just right cars just barely avoiding each other and they were talking about oh you know the fact that there are no lanes and there are no traffic laws means that everybody's more careful and watches out for themselves and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. and i just kind of wanted to go in there and say that's kind of some fucking bullshit because yeah, i don't think that's because true. people are inherently awful well and, and also i think that the statistics don't bear that out no like, they don't yeah like i i think that's not true i watched some kind of video where this guy is uh bicycling across the world and mm-hmm. he, he was talking about how he's been hit like 17 times mm-hmm. and it was all in india like, every single time <laughs> yeah. was like in in india like i think that's where he was from but like yeah, yeah. There, there are different social contracts and i only i only bring that up because you know bringing you know MMO people into this world would inherently make it a chaotic place of conflict. And right. This, this is like a, a, a no vehicle parkway. This is a pedestrian walkway. <laughs> yeah. And that would be like landing a plane on it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not for, acceptable for real. And you know, I, I almost wonder if the, if the loneliness that we get is just almost an unintended byproduct of them having developed this big world and realized that, Oh, it actually is like significant and resonant. If you are the only person in here. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, good, good on them. <laughs> yeah, good. So. yeah. Um, you know, so it's been pretty influential too. You know, lots of games that came after it. Um, you know, especially the in the next generation where they had more power and you know these became kind of solved problems. You know, involve fighting enemies that are orders of magnitude larger than you um, in a kind of puzzle like fashion um, in this way, right? Right, right. And then also even directly that kind of loneliness bit. Mm-hmm. Um, made a huge impact on like the kind of the indie scene, mm-hmm. you know, specifically thinking about uh, Brothers and uh, and a couple other games yeah. that uh, that take this as a clear influence. Yeah. This what, and this and Eco. Yeah. So. What what Mist did for adventure games, this did for like lush third person action adventure games. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there is a uh, a film version of this game that is in development hell. Um, I cannot imagine what it would <laughs> look like. Again, just that MMO problem. If- it would have to be something like the fall or like a you know like Baraka or something like that, 
Like, I cannot imagine it even having a dialogue. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was just going to say, like, I don't need anyone to talk nope. during, during this. And that's, you know, and just whoever, you know, some, I just, you know, actors would be in it. <laughs> yep. You know, ugh. <laughs> have actors. Like, just yeah, make I, know, it, like, I can't imagine anyone being okay in that. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also an HD remake that was released along an up- updated Ico, uh, Ico for in 2001. And it's uh, it's very good. It's a very good package. And so, you know, one of the best values you can get. Yes. 2011. I don't want to. 2011. Correct. I don't mean oh, to correct sorry you. Sorry about that. But... <laughs> yeah. I just had, I just had 2001 on the brain. <laughs> yeah. You know, never forget the, um, but yeah, it, it's very good and you should play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's technically like a, like a port of the European version. So some stuff is kind of different because of the 50 cycle or whatever. People, people point out these really minute things that technically make it just a little bit harder. Uh, mm-hmm. but I haven't really noticed that. So I can't even say, but apparently it's a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, the game's follow-up, The Last Guardian, is currently uh, in development hell, uh, and it will apparently never, ever come out. So I completely missed the uh, the PlayStation 3 generation that it was yeah. initially uh, aiming for. Yeah, which is, which is pretty crazy. That's, all, that's a long time in development. I would love, obviously, I would love if that came out. Yeah. Um, you know, that is, uh, but I'm, you know, just sick of uh, seeing it on most anticipated games lists. Yeah, a little bit. To, Yeah, it just seems a little vaporware. And... Mm-hmm. I think it's probably going to disappear. Have you seen the movie Rain Over Me? No. <laughs> okay. So this, the, 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 I should have put this in the notes for the film version because the game was made into a plot point for an Adam Sandler and Don Cheadle movie about somebody recovering from uh, his wife dying in 9-11. So, I have seen I, – I remember seeing trailers for that. Yep. It really kind of came and went. <laughs> yep. And yeah. uh, uh, a plot point was that he pl- he replayed Shadow of the Colossus uh, over and over again as a way of reliving 9-11. So, oh. Yep. Oh, here I thought I had nothing in common with Adam Sandler, and here we are. <laughs> um, so, just a little, just a little trivia point. Oh, that's yep. odd. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like it sold thousands of copies of Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> Mom, give me the game from Rain Over Me. <laughs> I want Don Cheadle to help me too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, the game sold pretty well. It's uh, it's on the uh, the PlayStation Two like platinum greatest hits or whatever. Yeah, which is great for something this artful and you know and good. Yeah, um, like it car- it carried far and wide, which is mm-hmm. which is uh, heartening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, tell us about the plot, Cole. Yeah, yeah. So Since the game won't. So that's not quite <laughs> I true, love but, that the yeah. game won't. I really yeah. do. It's, it's very it's very close to being true. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and it's and it's something that makes the game special about it. But uh, anyway, you are uh, uh, as we said at the beginning there, a young man named Wander uh, who has come to the Forbidden Land with uh, with his horse Agro. I always want to say Argo uh, because Agro doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, when he says it, it sounds like Argo. So, Ara. Like yeah, Ara. Like yeah. he he leaves out several consonants <laughs> of that. Yeah. Oh. So. Um, and uh, you've got this young dead woman uh, named Mono. It's not clear if it is your sister or if it is uh, somebody that uh, you are in love with. But, uh, you know, he, he brought her here with a purpose. There's a flashback. Um, you know, in the game, it's just to a to a mask, a very creepy mask. But it's your village elder, Lord Iman, uh, describing a powerful force that sleeps here, controlling beings made of light who have the power uh, to grant wishes. And it comes to light that Mono was sacrificed for the village, and uh, Wander wants to use this force to undo that and revive her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at the a temple in the middle of this land, the god Dorman speaks through a column of light and says, uh, in order to revive Mono, Wander must defeat 16 Colossi that are scattered across the land. 
destroying the idols in the temple so that the ritual can be completed. Um, Wander does not heed any warnings that this ritual will come at great cost to himself. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is put right out there on front street that this is a bad idea. <laughs> by two people, and, by both, yeah. by both the elder and by Dorman himself. Yeah. Even, even the guy who's asking you to do it mm-hmm. says, you know, this, you're, you're not going to like how this turns out. Yeah. And uh spoiler, you don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we'll get to the ending details when we get there, because I feel that the, you know, the process as you go through here um, and, you know, once you really see what the, 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 the grim reality of this task, it really helps it, you know, land. Home. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it also should be noted that everyone listening to this should already know it. Oh, yeah. Like and this is this this comes with you know the the WAF seal of approval like highest recommendation and uh, a lot of the joy of playing this game is going to be in discovering mm-hmm. these things we're going to talk about so you know we we obviously spoilers are implicit in the show mm-hmm. but a uh, double spoiler warning for for real this. like and it's not a huge investment either so if you are like on the fence about it like maybe listen one or two colossi in but seriously like invest the thirty dollars to get the HD remake. Uh, mm-hmm. If you have access to a PlayStation 3 and uh, play it because, you know, you, you tweeted about this and or you put it up on the on the Facebook wall. Um, you know, we've played a couple of masterpieces for this show, and this is without a doubt one of them. Yeah, this right. is definitely one of the in the, the top tier mm-hmm. in the inner circle. And it does. It's interesting, too, because unlike some other games that we've done that I would I would classify as such, um, this is unique and succeeds at other things. Those don't, mm-hmm. um, which I'll talk about kind of when we get get to those. So, yeah. Cool. Um, so we kind of covered the opening uh, there in the plot. So I feel goofy saying, and you're walking through to this forbidden land. But, you know, it shows you, you know, kind of descending into this and you cross this massive bridge um, mm-hmm. and go down this massive uh, spiral staircase to get into this temple and, you know, have this, uh, you know, encounter with Dorman. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there are a couple of things here, like the spiral imagery uh, shows up again and again and again. Mm-hmm. It's right here. Yeah. Yeah. And and once you actually talk to Dorman, Dorman's voice is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a male and female voice uh, mixed together in a way that is uh, really interesting. Like it's, it's kind of like a a, a a bit of audio trickery mm-hmm. to get the exact quality of Dorman's voice. Yeah, again, speaks into your head. And also, Dorman he slash she slash it uh, speaks in a fictive language. In fact, it's yes. the same fictional language from uh, from Eco. Right, right, and I love a fake language mm-hmm. um so yeah the game is subtitled definitely yeah. and uh you know just it lends to the surreality of what's happening you know along with kind of the muted color palette and the the general architecture and layout of this uh, of this massive forbidden land right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and uh you know you pretty much are set right on your way to go you know kill this first uh this first colossus and the really the only uh, the only explanation you get of how to do this is Dorman says you know raise the sword um oh this is a magic sword right right yeah yes. <laughs> raise your yes do a magic sword <laughs> yes yep and uh uh <laughs> form a beam of light that will point uh to where this uh where this colossus is and this is wonderful because it gets rid of quest markers yeah, it's a really interesting way of doing, um, you know, quest markering, like essentially showing you where to go. Um, it's diegetic. It's in the game. Um, it does mean that it's going to show you as the crow flies. Yeah. And that is not always your best way to get there, which produced some kind of minor moments of frustration for me with some later mm-hmm. uh, class I, where the direct path is not, you know, where where you need to go. And part of the, uh, the a side effect of having this huge empty land is uh, it's hard to kind of remember, you know, we tend to associate 
room replaces by what's in them. Mm-hmm. And when there's so little in this, like there are, you know, geographic features, but if you're not really kind of cataloging them in your head, um, you know, getting around without this, like I, you know, ended up using the, 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 the sword constantly to get around, mm-hmm. um, can be difficult. So sometimes, you know, if it's leading you across a ravine, I would get frustrated a little bit trying to figure out how to get there. Yeah. Um, initially that's not really a problem. No. Um, and it's definitely more elegant than actually just having big glowing arrows on the ground. Yeah. Or pressing a know? button and having a path. Yeah. Light up. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, you know, intolerable for this. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And as you go on, like the class, I get further and further out. So you're kind of working your way in these ever lengthening spirals. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you ride aggro, uh, to get there and, you know, aggro controls kind of interestingly, you know, you are riding a horse. This is a horse game, horse mm-hmm. aisle, the secret yeah. horses. Yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, really he just kind of follows your suggestion of what to do. Yeah. He can, it's, it's interesting. He controls, I think it's probably, it feels like a fairly realistic horse control. Having never really ridden a horse yep. or fought a colossi, the, um, <laughs> where like it is, uh, it doesn't control precisely. No, you know, um, and you do not have uh, you know you have to get him to speed up and you have to uh, you know get him to call and everything, and you can do a bunch of goofy tricks while on, <laughs> yep. uh, which are not necessarily useful, but they're kind of cool. Like you can you know hang off the side. Um, and you can uh, actually jump off of him. And uh, something I didn't discover, I didn't discover when I first played the game, but discovered it this time, where you can jump on the birds. Yep. That's great. <laughs> that is, that's goofy and great. Mm-hmm. Like, it really lends itself to this, like, you are, you know, the last man on Earth. Do whatever you want <laughs> uh, kind of feel to this. Yeah. In a way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when you're when you're off of Ekro, if you want to go on foot, although there's really never a reason to be on foot. <laughs> when uh, you're in the overworld, you can press the uh, the button to call to him, which again gets to my uh, one of the things I really love in games is press a button to be human. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting because the button is explicitly like make a noise, and it's kind of contextual. Mm-hmm. So you uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, how that you know it can change, but the um, yeah, so it's calling for him or it's whistling uh, for him. There and he doesn't you know instantly appear or anything like he can go be wandering off and doing his own thing. Um, and we should stress like we said this in the beginning when we were describing the game, but we were walking to the first boss and there's nothing else in this world other than wildlife. <laughs> right. So like, you know, you're not fighting moblins on the way to a Zelda dungeon. You're just going to the you know just going to the boss and and that's great. Like yep. it just you know it gives you this moment of enforced uh, kind of consideration mm-hmm. between every every gameplay gameplay loop. And that I that I just love, yep. you know, and it would be ruined by that. Like if there is one bo- one enemy that wandered around, you know, it would ruin it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's such a like a series, it's like a perfectly constructed, you know, series of beams leaning on each other, mm-hmm. and adding anything to it would really kind of fuck it up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's empty space, and the like somebody who didn't get it could call it filler, but like that is imperative because as you go on, you eventually use that time to think about what you've done. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it, exactly. it, it's it is contemplative. It's meditative almost. Right. Do we want to just real quick, just to get out of the way, talk about the, uh, the very little bit of wildlife there is and how that works. Yeah, sure. Just because we, we mentioned a little bit in the system. So you have these two bars that you have, you know, so your stamina and your health and, uh, and, and, uh, the, the, primary way that you increase your stamina is to find these lizards um, mm-hmm. that are uh, usually found on these on these temples that are scattered throughout right then and, and the you're looking for the white-tailed ones mm-hmm. because if you eat their tail that'll increase increase your stamina bar and there's also fruit 
mm-hmm. in, uh, in trees. And if you eat that, it'll increase your health bar. You get a huge boost in the, both these things for killing Colossi. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to hunt down. This is not a collectibles right. thing. But it's very fun when you're like dashing you know, on the horse and you see out of the corner of your eye like a white-tailed lizard. Mm-hmm. And you can jump while going at full speed and just kind of <laughs> jump off your horse to go hunt it. Yeah. Um, and hunted is the right word. Like this thing will try to get away from you and you have to kind of, you know, approach it slowly and, and line up in your arrow sights and, and everything. Yeah. And the ones so. that are, the, the ones that are crawling around on those temples or those shrines, those shrines seem specifically designed to give it a, give it a way to get out of sight. And yeah. so I probably, I've never, you know, played this game several times, never mastered the art of getting one of those on the first time. <laughs> it's yeah. just a yeah. matter of waiting for it to show itself. Yeah, eventually it'll it'll pop back out. Yeah. But uh, I just you know it's it's neat that it is an optional system that you can take a break and do a little bit of gameplay while you're mm-hmm. doing this consideration. But it's not uh, not enforced. It's not yeah. like you know oh if you don't do all of this you're going to really suck. Like it can make a difference. Mm-hmm. But the gate you can never eat a lizard and be fine. Yeah, like what you get by eating the lizards is more grip time, and you know it lessens the the the, the chance that in the middle of a colossus fight you will have to drop off of it to recover stamina. Right. Right. Right, but but the lion's share of grip time you're going to get just naturally through the game. Yep, like this is a minor bonus. Yeah, you can so. you can make that meter ridiculously big. It can take up almost a quarter of the screen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anywho, so let's get to the the first area, and that that's going to be true. All those things are going to appear between all these colossi. Yep. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so you get to this area, this uh, this kind of cliffside, and it's giving you a climbing tutorial essentially. And some of the kind of platforming and climbing owes a little, felt like it owed a little bit to me uh, to Tomb Raider, mm-hmm. which is kind of a weird touchstone for a game like this. But like the kind of ledging and, uh, uh, you know, pulling yourself up the ledge and scoot, you know, hand going hand over hand um, on cliff edges and jumping off of things kind of felt a little bit like the first Tomb Raider game to me. Yeah, it's uh, it's like a more deliberate and if I'm being honest, slightly awkward Prince of Persia. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is a little bit awkward, but they do get it's it follows its own rules. Definitely. To it, you know, so once you get used to it, like I, I also I mean, it's not like there were never uh, situations where he would do something I didn't want him to do. Mm-hmm. Like that would happen from time to time. But the consequences are always kept low enough that it didn't bother me that much. Right. Um, but yeah, so you're just kind of being introduced to your verb set here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's pretty elegant. Like it takes you from the basic stuff to identifying mossy areas, also known as Colossus skin, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and then uh, finally the, uh, the 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 verb of turning around and jumping directly backward off of a wall, which right. you know. You also kind of are introduced to the perilous camera here a little bit and just trying to figure out how to um, manipulate that along with uh, your character. So that is uh, an important skill set as well. Right. Right. Because the geometry gets pretty hairy (laughs) eventually. Yes. Quite quite literally sometimes. Yeah, literally and figuratively. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So you you enter this uh, clearing and you see this gigantic uh, minotaur creature walking around. It's your first Colossus and you you see Valus. Yes. Yep. And he's big. He's real big. Um, Yeah. And I remember first playing this being really blown away. I think I played the demo uh, first mm. um, and thinking, like, this is this is as big as it's going to get, right? Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, nope. <laughs> no, no, it's only the size of a small high-rise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, something that shouldn't be glossed over is he's just wandering around peacefully. Yeah. He is, he, oh, sorry about that. He is not, um, not aggressive in any mean, by any means. Right. And uh, the... That is like your first hint about what this game is going to be like. Yep. You know, he's, ca- um, he's carrying a club and he's got like busted horns. He's a minotaur that in mythology is, you know, 
kind of shorthand for aggressive yet misunderstood tragic figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely leans on that, you know, to a certain extent. And it sets up, you know, a lot of these, uh, the, the, the majority of these even have kind of this bowl and minotaur imagery. Right. Right, right, right yeah. And uh, essentially, you know, you get a little voice over here from Dorman that says that the sword will actually show the weak points mm-hmm. of the, the Colossus. And maybe you're hoping it's at his ankle because that's where you're at. But <laughs> yeah. they're always at a pretty hard to get to place, usually on the top of their head. Pretty much always the head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, you find that and you're like, how am I going to get up there? And you have to engage this thing, mm-hmm. you know, which is a, a huge step because it's huge. It can just step on you, even if it's not aggressive, like it can hurt you. And it just, you know like a hundred times bigger than you are and you have to get really close and personal with it and that's something you're just going to have to keep doing over and over and over um just kind of getting like summoning up that bravery to to try that mm-hmm. um to try to get closer and get a better idea yep. of this thing and for this guy it's um these kind of furry ankles he has right yes. so each of these fights is kind of a process and deduction of you know figuring out okay these guys are the level themselves right and figuring out what threads you can pull at in order to get to the position where the weak where the weak point is at. So these right. ankles are definitely there, and you know, putting two and two together and figuring out, okay, I can grab onto that, and then hopefully, hopefully get there. And a lot of these colossus, like you know, this guy has a platform at the small of his back. So right, right. <laughs> there, there, there are certain times where they fudge the, uh, you know, the whole fiction that these are living things, like. The, the, there are design elements that say, okay, this guy was probably in some ways meant to be climbed. But well, they they you never really quite get what they are, right? You know, and I always got the the idea that they were kind of made of earth and architecture mm-hmm. initially. You know, and then we'll get into that when we start talking about like the the grander like the ending and the plot and everything. But the idea that like it makes sense for them to have paths and grips and stuff on them because they used to be parts of cities or buildings, right? You know, like the this used to be a part of a temple. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that is just kind of walked off of, of that. I love the idea of this forbidden land as being a Matryoshka doll of temples. <laughs> like the, the whole thing is a temple and it's got just varying degrees of temples nested within temples inside of it. it is, if you like temples, you <laughs> will like Shadow of the Colossus. Boom. The, um, <laughs> Temple um, overstock sale. We, we ordered too many we temples. Temples, temples, and, temples. And we're giving them uh, to we you. Got, we got ziggurats. Um. <laughs> Shrines, you bet. <laughs> Medicine Lodge? All right. Um, yeah. So the, uh, 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 so, so you're just, you're just climbing up him. Um, yep. you're really, when you're climbing, it is a master, it is a matter of, uh, managing your grip meter, which yep. we talked about, um, because you need to kind of find places to safely rest and not be gripping. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of traversing, uh, the platforming. Yeah. You know, that is this guy as he is trying to get you off. Right. So, uh, and that can take many different forms. It definitely can. And, you know, no matter how much your grip has, it's a matter of, you know, you staying in control. So he recognizes that you are very much invading his personal space. And pretty much all of these colossi will attempt to shake you off. So, mm-hmm. you know, you will be burning through grip as they are, you know, shaking and you can't make any progress. So it's really just a matter of waiting for those quiet moments when you can get to the next spot. Right, you can advance a little bit or li- release release your grip if you're on a horizontal plane yeah. at all. And uh, the game's very forgiving as far as uh, grabbing on at the last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can let go, and you, if he shakes, you'll roll off a little bit. But if you hammer down on R1, um, you will grab the very edge, and you probably won't fall off. Yeah, like the game is a little bit you're a little it's a little less precarious than it initially seems mm-hmm. um, in a way that favors the player. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should also make this you know talk about this is the first instance of that dynamic music. Mm-hmm. They we're talking about, like, once you figure out the path of what to do, 
the music knows that you're on the right track and that's that's how you know and the music changes in a way that you know is foreboding and sad and then super triumphant mm-hmm. and like just feels amazing yeah you know there's definitely a, Pav- a Pavlovian reaction to that uh, victory, like victory is imminent theme. That yeah, yeah, you know, because it's because that is the game reinforcing. You know, again, if you look at this whole thing as a as a song or a poem or you know something, that is another part of a refrain or leitmotif, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna cool it with that poem shit, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I just... <laughs> the uh, uh, yeah, so so you get there and you get to his head and he starts stabbing it. Yep, um, just oh. stabbing it and stabbing it. Just just just, just stabbing for miles. Yeah, this is kind of black blood. This dark blood flies out, yep. sprays you in the face, and uh, and then you kill your first Colossus, mm-hmm. and it immediately. <laughs> Like Shadow of the Colossus gives and Shadow of the Colossus takes away, it immediately is the saddest thing that you've ever done. Yep. Like <laughs> you automatically have an immense wave of regret uh-huh. because as this beautiful thing slowly falls down. Because it recontextualizes it. it. It used to be some, you know, an object of fear and menace, but then instead you realize, oh, this is a world full of majesty and quiet beauty, and I had just felled one of the best examples of that. Yeah, it, it, this is a pathetic creature, mm-hmm. you know, that, that I have just done this to. It reminded me of a little bit of, um, that's like the, the best feature of like the big daddy fights in the first Bioshock mm-hmm. was the fact that they were this, you know, thing that was non-aggressive that you actually have to bring the fight to and, uh, is very imposing. But when you kill them, they just release this super sad <sighs> moan, you, you know, and then the, the, you know, the little sister is crying at their side and everything. And mm-hmm. it, that's what this reminded me of a little yeah. bit. You know, and yeah. the, the, these are animals. They don't understand. Right. Like you can't ascribe malice, you especially when they're not initially, you know. Well, there's one you could ascribe malice. Yeah, to. Yes, you could because its name is malice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His parents ascribed malice yes. to him, same way that your parents ascribed coldness to you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Much to everyone's chagrin. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like it's not particularly subtle with you know the uh, the you know the imagery either because you see these black spirit ribbons come out and pierce you they 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 puncture wander and he like vomits black you know bile and then passes out and you wake up back in the uh back in the temple right Mm -hmm. right and they'll they'll do some things with that too as as the game moves on um you wake up and you have uh this shadow creature standing over you Mm -hmm. and the uh the the statue shatters Mm -hmm. of the colossus and then you're on to the next one yeah and that's just you know that's why there's one more dove around mono Mm -hmm. you know and uh, and then you're on to the next one, which is uh, Quadratus. <laughs> yeah. So it says uh, your next foe is in a or thy next foe. Sorry, <laughs> thy next foe uh, is. Yeah, is in uh, the seaside cave. It moves slowly. Raise thy courage to defeat it. Yep, will do. And it's another bull. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lots of bulls. Yeah, um, it's got to be your yeah. bull. Um, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> something we should say about the sword too, because you know when you run around with it. You, it quickly becomes apparent, especially when you try and swing, and even when you're trying to stab these, you know, these these colossi. Um, Wander doesn't know how to use this thing. Yeah, he is yeah, not you... a fierce warrior. Like he does some pretty crazy stuff with the bow and arrow, like shooting at full gallop. But he, this is a key, is what it is. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't sword fight someone. Right. He's just using it. You know, he has to get somewhere and just stab it in the way that anybody could. Mm-hmm. You know, like plunging a, a stick of dynamite, pl- dynamite plunger. Mm-hmm. Um, into these things yeah so mm-hmm. yeah but you know you hop on argo again 
and uh, quickly go across these awesome bridges. I love these land bridges that uh, yeah. just kind of like go over these canyons. There's so much like scenery stuff that feels like it was explicitly designed to like tickle me, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that that very much is one of them too, you know, in these rocky abandoned places. Yeah. And it really lends itself, like, the game doesn't really ever answer this, but it does raise the question as to, like, what this land used to be before mm-hmm. it was the Forbidden Land. Yeah. You know, there's all these clearly man-made structures, yeah. you know, or God-made or, or what have you, but created structures. It's not all natural. Mm-hmm. And uh, trying to figure, you know, there's no, I don't feel like there's lots of purchase in trying to figure that out. No. Um, there's actually a guy who does uh, Shadow of the Colossus lore videos. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes. And I find them a little bit annoying <laughs> because I, I feels really reachy and missing the point. Yeah. Um, you know, but just having the question there feels good mm-hmm. to me. Like it, it evokes a feeling like when you keep, you know, when you call this thing a poem rather than, you know, the verse structure is a thing, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but the biggest thing is that it's communicating in terms of emotion rather than narrative. Yeah. And that's what poems do. Like poems are not, you know, a poem that tells you a story is usually a pretty <laughs> shitty poem. Right. Like they are just using imagery and emotions to get mm-hmm. across a feeling. Yeah. And that's why that's the way that this game is poetic. Yeah. And it creates a void that you fill in yourself. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you so you kind of go down here and, you know, alongside these man-made structures, you also get the sense that this place has been abandoned for a time scale that's almost geological. Because right. there are natural features like this used to be a lake and it was, you know, drained by some kind of cataclysm. And you see, you know, at least minor evidence that, you know, everything has kind of been affected by this. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Yep. And you get down there and this bull just straight up bursts out of this cave coming after you. So yeah, this, he, this is a little bit more aggressive. Yep. He, he is territorial and he wants you out. Right. 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 Um, this one, you know, introduces a little bit more complexity and the, the puzzle elements. Um, in that he will kind of rear up and you shoot him mm-hmm. in the hooves, and that will cause him to uh, to lie down so you can get up onto his his haunches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And it teaches you to again look for more of these weak spots that might not particularly be the the, the the main one. So the fights slowly become ways to create these opportunities rather than just find them presenting themselves naturally. Right, right. It's also the first one that has multiple weak spots. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to hit him in the head, and then you had to hit him in his his butt. Um, kind of like down by by his rear, the uh, the best meats in the room, and uh, <laughs> so and that's one of that's one of the primary differences um, as you increase difficulty modes in the game too. Yep. is more uh, more weak spots you have to do because one of them will just run out. Like I've gotten all the black spray out of this thing. Yep, let's go find another pustule. Yeah, <laughs> we need right. to get more colossus juice. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> does the body good. It does. Is this the first one? So after you kill this one, is this the first one? I don't know which one is. And I, I hope you don't have your notes in the future where you you maintain control after you kill him. Where it's, uh, it's not in a cutscene. I, I think so. I, I remember that's that my, being that's a feature my favorite of all of thing. them. Yeah. I don't think it's in all of them. I feel like it, they introduce it. But where you know that these black ribbons are going to come out and you can run from them. Yep. That's my favorite thing. that mm-hmm. ha- Like maybe not my all-time favorite thing, but I love that. Yeah. You know, just that that really good intersection between play and and narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can try to resist this thing mechanically. Like you, the player, can try to resist it, not just the character on the screen, and and have it not, uh, you know, be for naught. Yeah, I think that this might be, you know, so me saying it was always a thing and you not, I I don't know the answer. Uh, but you're, mm-hmm. yeah, this, this is a case where you can do that. Yeah. Um, so Quadratus is kind of the, 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 the first small part of a wedge that is very long and also very wide in that you are kind of relying on his AI 
uh, doing something, you know, trying to trigger a specific behavior. And this is something that uh, kind of becomes the worst aspect of the worst bosses in the game is trying to trigger these things. He does it like anytime you get in front of him, he will rear back like a bull sometimes does. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of knowing these behaviors makes a little bit of sense, but triggering them, it doesn't always happen. It gets real bad with Colossus number four, but like I should point out that this is something that the game does not do that well. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think if I, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with you. Like, I feel like there are things that I found more frustrating, mm-hmm. and I'll probably just touch on them when, when we get there. But yeah. I, when I was trying to trick the Colossus into doing something, I never had that hard of a, a problem with it. Hmm. it well, the, with the exception of the Geyser Colossus, which, like, <laughs> wasn't his AI. That was just the environment. Right. Like, I had more problems with the environment and more problems with what the Colossus would actually do. Yeah. But we'll, we'll get to them. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's that's a fair that's a fair observation. I'm not necessarily, it, I'm not saying that's a strength of the game. I just don't know if it's my least favorite yep. or most frustrating thing hmm. to me. Yep. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things though is this next Colossus. Yeah, Gaius. Segue, segue. Oh. Which I, I will say the the one thing um, about this guy. So uh, you know you get your your you know a giant canopy soars into the heavens and the anger <laughs> of the sleeping giant shatters the earth. Um, and, you know, you make your way here. This is a very cool, but the process of getting here, the climbing mm-hmm. puzzle, I fell off of more than anything else in the game. Hmm. Like this, uh, the, one of the jumps felt very glitchy to me. Oh, the, like, um, the, like one of the, like the, it's the next time that it requires you do, to do the uh, look back and then jump yeah. directly off of the surface. And it takes so long to get back. Mm-hmm. Like I got very frustrated by this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can, I can, I can definitely see that. And it's like, so it's, you can see it, you know what you have to do. And then it becomes a matter of being able to execute on it. Right. Or just like, sometimes I felt like I would just rub my chest up against it, but my guy would not grip, mm-hmm. you know, go wander just wouldn't do it. So yeah. I felt like I was doing it right. I probably wasn't, but uh, yeah, that was frustrating. A little bit. However, it, it's made <laughs> up by the fact that you're fighting in these huge like discs that yeah. are floating above a lake. Yeah. Uh, just talking about like uh, architecture that implies like something interesting that you can't quite figure out, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, just there are multiple of them spreading out pretty much as far as you can see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's mm. it's beautiful. It's very cool. Yeah, and uh, this guy, like you know, he's not defending his territory so much. I guess he kind of is because he rises from a heap, so he mm-hmm. wasn't even like alive or extant or he was sleeping, you know, here something like that. But uh, like this is this is, you know, maybe there is a purpose to it. Maybe it's an arena, right? You know, right? That, yeah, that's definitely what it kind of feels like mm-hmm. a little bit, and that's how you use it. Um, but just having this gigantic, you know, lake full of floating arenas, mm-hmm. you know, what culture has that? Like, it doesn't. There's still not really an answer to it. It does feel a little bit like an arena. Um, he's also one of the, you know, there's maybe like I think there's four classes that use weapons, mm-hmm. three or four, and he uses a gigantic sword, yeah. um, which is super cool. And uh, it feels a little bit like a duel. Like, it is an arena, and it feels like a duel between this tiny, tiny swordsman and this gigantic swordsman. Mazias grande. Mazias bonito. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like a Spanish-language cartoon okay. teaching, you, teaching you Spanish. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> um, so, so just somebody make that. <laughs> no, yeah. with, with Shadow of the Colossus? Yeah. Like 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 a a small like teaching children Spanish using Shadow of the Colossus as the illustrations. (laughs) You only learn like forty words. Um, (laughs) Climb. Um, La Spada Magica. (laughs) It's it's the it's the conversational Spanish book for the Forbidden Land, and it's just a pamphlet. Yeah, (laughs) it's like a business card. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh man. Yeah, but uh he's got this gigantic weapon. Like I might say this is one of my favorites, but the trick to him feels kind of video gamey in a way that some of the other stuff doesn't. So it's it's almost like the, you know, like let's go play Toro kind of thing. I'm sorry, let's go play bowl kind of thing <laughs> where like, you know, then Arkham Asylum probably is the wor- one of the worst defenders of this where it's like, I need you to attack this one thing and that way you run into the wall and then I climb, then I climb up you or, right. you know, then I, then, you know, that, that puts you in a, sp- uh, a space where I can attack you because you're trying to get him to attack this stone plate that's on the, uh, that, that, that's on this pedestal and that will bust, uh, kind of his bracer kind of thing, mm-hmm. which gives you a way to climb up his arm. Right. It's the first one where they're teaching you that your environment is going to be used against them as well. True. You know, so that's, I think, the idea that they're trying to get across here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's you know, there are going to be a couple of these that feel a little video gamey and cheap, but there are 16 of them and they each have an idea behind them. True. You know, which is really impressive. Like, none of these necessarily feel like retreads. Mm-hmm. I mean, a couple of them kind of work a little bit close, but for the most part, they all feel pretty unique. Yeah. Um, and the idea behind this one is like, you're going to use your environment. You have this really cool set piece and, uh, he's using, you know, he's using a man-made kind of weapon against you, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah. yeah. And that run up that sword is awesome. Yeah. That, that like, feels great. And you might like my sense of scale is a little bit thrown off. Like I want to say it's like an I beam, but it's almost as tall as him. So like, it's like him, it's like running up the Washington monument essentially. Right. Or that giant sword in dark souls too. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Neat. Yeah. Oh, man, that, that, that's been. why he's there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the. This is the land of the giants. Um, <laughs> Holy shit! No, the, 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 there is something like that with a connection to uh, to eco, but we'll get to that later. Um, yeah. yeah, but uh, but you run up, and then again, it becomes attack the attack the rune on his head. Yeah. You know, which is fine. Oh, also, there's one on the small of his back. So uh, you're going to go for the one on the head, and then it's a matter of figuring out. Okay, how do I get down? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you can oftentimes just kind of repel, like let yourself fall and just grab. Yeah. You know, and it usually works. Um, like I said, the game is a little bit more forgiving than it seems <laughs> in that respect. Um, so you do the thing where you are, uh, uh, you get, you know, pierced by black vines. <laughs> and uh, we're, uh, we're on our way to Phaedra, mm-hmm. the fourth one, Equus Prime. <laughs> yeah. Three, you know, I thought that I, I thought that going to 3D was going to ruin Equus Prime. But seeing the world from <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe's eyes was uh, was very welcome <laughs> to me. <laughs> That's a, that's a that's a complicated joke. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that, that is a there's a lot of moving parts to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So so Phaedra here mm-hmm. um, in the land of vast green fields, mm-hmm. uh, rows of guiding graves. Um, a giant so you, so you're indeed, head, but fearful yeah. it is not. <laughs> fearful is Yoda speak here. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is like a gigantic skeleton horse. Yep. Um, sleeping in these tombs mm-hmm. here. Should be awesome. Should be. Is it metal? Yes, it is. Metal. It, it's definitely metal. <laughs> um, yeah. And again, like, you know, it, it leads directly from the last one in that, like, hey, where you fight these things is really important. Mm-hmm. So you see these tombs, you know, you have to use them, you know, in, in some way or another. Yep. And uh, but figuring out exactly how can be a little bit frustrating. Yeah. So he's got these kind of braids. He looks like uh, he looks like Corey from the uh, from the Trailer Park Boys a little bit, and uh, you can climb up them. Like when he go, when he goes to like peek down, you like you can hold on to it. Like we did that uh, back in the dorms when we first played when I first played this. Um, but uh, but what you're actually trying to do is get him to peek down again using their curiosity about you against against them, right? 
mm-hmm. and then uh, running around because this is like a like a little mausoleum kind of thing, and uh, then climbing up his back. And that is the right, yeah. time that he presents himself because his feet are these entirely implausible like stiletto things. Right, right. So yeah, the idea of getting uh, just having him look for you, and then the uh, the mausoleums have separate exits. So you know you get him to look in one and you leave another. Mm-hmm. Uh, so once you figure it out, it's actually not too not too tricky, but it might be one of the the first kind of tricky ones. So, yeah. Yeah. And every, you know, something happens kind of every four Colossuses. That's roughly <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the degree to which these things change. So at this point, when you go back after you, you kill him, you look worse for wear. Like you're yeah. looking pale and it doesn't, it's not like I, I never noticed it happening in minute degrees after every Colossus. Mm-hmm. I think it happens after every four. Something um, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's every, every couple. There's an uh, image, uh, and I can put it in the show notes, uh, that shows him after, like, like the big changes. You know, so it okay. says, like, after Colossus 3, and then I think that things kind of settle down after 13 um, yeah. is when it really starts. Yeah. yeah. So you look a little shittier, um, but Mono looks a little bit better, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's like, and this is the point in the game where you're like, man, every time I do this, I feel like shit. <laughs> what is it all worth it for? But you're seeing that it is having an effect, mm-hmm. you know? It is. Um, yeah. And it's not clear at this point. Like, you just start looking a little bit like, you know, your clothes are a little bit dirtier. But he's becoming more pale and more kind of drawn and gaunt. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're, the, 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 but the confusion is, is it just because I'm getting soaked with blood every 40 minutes? <laughs> yeah. Like it's blood? like Elizabeth Bathory. Yeah. It's like a reverse L- L- Elizabeth Bathory situation. <laughs> Out damn spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, so again, again, these little things that repeat and these elements that uh, that kind of reward you. And I think that everybody kind of has a different moment where they notice this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but next, we're going to you know, like every like a lot of people's favorite mm, Colossus, so and uh, let's uh, you know, let's talk about Avian here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it flies, Gary. It flies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the flying one. I like all the flying Colossuses. Yes. Um, this is my favorite of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, th- this is great. Yeah. Um, it casts a colossal, colossal shadow across a misty lake as it soars through the sky. To reach it is no easy task. Yeah. I love this arena. Oh, yeah. 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 Very cool. Just like the way you get to it, like swimming through this very tiny crack, like yep. to get into this temple that has obviously been flooded, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Yep. With little bits of uh, masonry that are breaking the surface, which you're going to use. Mm-hmm. Um, Avian does not, uh, will not be aggressive in, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, perched. Yeah. And uh, you have to annoy it with arrows, and then it's uh, it's gonna kind of you know you keep hitting it with arrows. It's gonna kind of make some passes, and eventually it's gonna swoop down on you, mm-hmm. in which you jump onto the front of its wing in a way that like when I first knew that I had to do this, I was like, I you probably can't do that, mm-hmm. you know, like that's not gonna be a thing <laughs> you can do. But you can, and I'm like, I'm not gonna have good enough timing to do it. But I don't know if like the world slows down enough to make it easy, or like exactly how they're pulling it off. Mm-hmm. But it's surprisingly easy and natural yeah. to time this perfectly and jump onto his wing. Yeah, and it positions itself like if you just stand still, it will like it will be, attempt to attack you with its shoulder, which is the uh, which is the uh, furry part that you can get onto. Mm. So it is and it is directly giving you the opportunity. I always jumped. I've never had that happen before. Mm-hmm. Like I've never just kind of gripped. Yeah. I always try to jump onto mm-hmm. the shoulder. Um, but the, the, uh, so are you saying that like, if you don't, if you just hold down grip, you'll just be gripping it. I, I don't know if I'm saying that directly, but like, you don't have to like walk left or right oh, to line yeah. up with the shoulder. Like it yeah. just, it presents the shoulder to you. Yeah. So yeah, that's what it's trying. It's trying to knock you off the, the path with its shoulder. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. As, so as opposed to its head, which, uh, makes a certain amount of sense. 
Um, and yeah, like once you're on there, you're, you know, you're in for, you know, avian's wild ride. Yeah. (laughs) The, uh, uh, which is, which is great. Like, uh, the music is great. It feels incredibly intense and you start off, you know, just trying to stab at the head, which is pretty easy. Um, but then you have to stab the tips of its wings, which it uses to fly. Mm -hmm. Um, so getting over to those, it's really about figuring out where he's at in the arena Mm -hmm. and when he's able to flap and when he's able to bank. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to when you'll know that you'll have kind of a point where his wings will be still, yeah. you know, like he's following the rules of flying <laughs> to a degree and you have to figure out what opportunities you have for him to, uh, to just be soaring. And that's when you can stab his wings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, when he is flying in a straight line, he is a stable platform. Yeah. 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 And you can, you can rest and, and everything. Um, and it should be noted too, like this is, uh, you might've fallen off a, cl- you probably have fallen off classes at this point, mm-hmm. but, uh, this one was the one I first, like it really had an impact me when you fall off and you land in the water and the music immediately mutes yep. down to something. And it's like, Oh, you know, you fucked up. Like this is not, <laughs> I do all of that again. Mm-hmm. And later that would become kind of a source of frustration in some, some class I, mm-hmm. but for this one, I, I definitely felt like, Oh, you know, that contrast is so jarring and, and effective between the, you know, just the musical cues and then what you're seeing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, I just want to say this guy's uh, Latin name translates to the Delta Phoenix, which if I, are, if I ever become a bluesman, that's going to be my name. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're holding on for dear life. This is the first one that felt really dangerous to me. Like, I don't know. In, in a weird way, it's not, though. You can take so much fall damage in this game. Yeah, pretty much. You know, and again, like, it's that way that you're you're doing really daring things, but the game is a little bit kinder than it seems, yeah. which is necessary for a game that relies on platforming, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, but, in, in a way that Tomb Raider wasn't, speaking of which. Like, you'd constantly <laughs> break your neck in Tomb Raider by yep. missing these jumps. Yeah. I guess when I say feels the most dangerous, I mean, like, this is, you know, specifically playing to a fear that humans have, which is moving very fast, very high above the ground. Yeah. 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 And following thousands of feet. The majesty. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, super good. So leaving birds, we get back to something that is vaguely humanoid. Uh, this mm-hmm. is Barba, uh, the Goliath. Although I always refer to him as the dwarf because he got a beard. Yep. Yep. I'm working on a Barba. A ba- a it's, it's a big fleshy beard though. Like, so it might actually be more close to, uh, what is, uh, what does George Lucas have? A dewlap? Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I guess he does. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's not it's not long moss. It's not the it's not the Colossus equivalent of hair. It does waddle to a certain extent. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. I, I should see if if you uh, if you stab it if it bleeds, <laughs> like it does with Lucas. If you cut him, <laughs> <if> yeah. <you laughs> does it bleed? He's never. You know what? That's a, that's always been my assertion is that everybody around George Lucas is too afraid to both say no and also stab him in the dewlap. <laughs> He's he's got one of the worst beard neckline yep. things I've ever seen like of history. Mm-hmm. Like he, it looks so bad. Like no amount of beard is a chin, you know, or is a <laughs> jaw, buddy. Like you just have this weird like omni lump that comes out of your shoulders <laughs> instead of a neck and head like the rest of us do. And no amount of beard is going to to make that not look like like a giant mosquito bit mm-hmm. a lump of silly putty. Like he's yeah. gross looking. Yep. It's like, it's like, he's like, he's like one fifth of looking at Harry Knowles. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't say Harry Knowles. Cause then yeah. I immediately picture Harry Knowles. I know that's it, the, that's the hard it part. It ain't cool, Harry. It ain't cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not cool, buddy. <laughs> it's, 
Like, <laughs> that's how you know it's like I don't, I don't have anything against fat people. Like I'm a fat no, guy. No, yeah, it doesn't bother me. He's <laughs> just hard to look at. Yeah, no, um, it's like you know, it's 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 like with makeup. You you make choices that that complement what's good and distract from what's bad. That, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that 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 weird like neck wreath that he has like <laughs> not yeah. doing him any favors. It is, it, you know, it is a uh, hmm. It's like people who get addicted to plastic surgery, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Some Ooh. Kind of, it's kind of some kind of dysmorphia, but yeah. uh, but Barba, you know what? He knows what he is. He lusts for destruction, but he's not a fool. <laughs> a fool it is not. So, so, um, or so Dorman says. Yeah. Dorman's just making shit up at this point. Like, a little bit. I think that you see he's stretching what he says in order to fit in, into some kind of like trochaic tetrometer or something like that. Like it's, what? Not, it's not quite iambic pentameter, but it's 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 got a rhythm to it. Right. What it is, what it actually, like, what I think it is, and we'll talk about this more at the ending, is I think he's trying to make this task that you're doing sound mysterious and epic. Oh, yeah. Like the fact that you know the you know you're getting played, and we'll we'll talk about that to to a degree. You're, you know you're getting played, yeah. um, but I think that some of the like as these things they, they don't get more and more cryptic, mm-hmm. but the fact that you hearing these cryptic clues lends itself to the kind of like an epicness to the quest is intentional, mm-hmm. you know. So these kind of proverbs are, are meant to sound that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you venture through. Uh, I'm glad that you have in here as a stupid forest. I was when I was going through this forest, I was like, man, Cole's gonna like this fucking forest, and I'm no, gonna have to disagree with no, him about I it. I fucking hate it. I've hated I hate it, it for too. so goddamn long. Like it's <laughs> pretty, it's great, but like it's not. It wasn't designed with aggro in mind. <laughs> no, no, and it's hard. It has like a lot of times. Uh, this was the place where I always get stuck mm-hmm. later, where like the direct line would go through the forest, but mm-hmm. the forest has that huge chasm yep. in the middle, so you can't go through the forest. Mm-hmm. No, and it's no too dark, reason. so you can't get like a path. Like you, know, you, you can't get a beam. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's it's ridiculous. And anytime, oh god, like it's my least favorite part of any of of any trek, like yeah. that that involves going through it. And yeah. like the, the, there there are plenty that don't involve going through it, but the line will put you through it anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah people they love this forest. Ugh. Wait, yeah. people like the? You mean the developers love this forest, or people? No, yeah, in the, yeah, the developers. Okay, like, because, because, they keep because if it. there's like Team Forest, fuck those people. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't Ugh. think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's, it's a fucking garbage forest and I hate it. Yeah. Um, it sucks. Yeah. But, uh, oh, this fight's kind of cool. Like I like the temple that it takes place in. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have, this boss doesn't have too much of a, a gimmick to him yeah. other than like the, what the thing I take from this one, um, you know, and you, you could have learned this already, but is that the, uh, the, the distinguishing feature is always going to be important, mm-hmm. whether it's in the environment or the Colossus. Right. So the fact that he has this beard, like, isn't a, you know, a decorative thing. Yeah. You know, it, it has to be important. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a question similar to classes four of getting it down, you know, into uh, into view. Yeah. It's, it's weird because <clears throat> they're like, like the first phase of this fight, like getting across, you know, through back to the arches feels extraneous to me. Like, mm. I don't think that it achieves much of anything. Like it doesn't diminish him in any way that I can discern. Uh, to make you know to force him to break down these sections of the wall, you know, like it, they they could have just not had that, and that is a rare kind of moment of excess for the game. Like, is them just showing, oh, this guy can destroy walls, cool. I yeah, guess. yeah, and it's not that fun of a um like a chase sequence either, right? If that was the idea, like, oh, you're supposed to be running for your life, and it's supposed to feel really mm-hmm. cool. It's too short, and you know. He's too slow, and you don't necessarily know that you're going for this wall. I don't even know if you can if you know that there is a wall that you can't get past. So it's kind of neat to you know, like if somebody came to this from a point of ignorance, thinking, okay, I need to get up on these walls. Oh, wait, that doesn't give me anything because 
Um, he just straight up attacks it. And then getting to the end thinking, okay, I'm cornered. Oh, the visibility. He's going to lean down and be curious. And then I'm going to hop onto his George Lucas lump. Uh, his, right, his, right, his right. lovely Lucas lumps. And, right. you know, <laughs> and make my way on top of his head. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Um, yeah, that, that could be, uh, that could be the idea. And it just doesn't work that well. Yeah. Like the boss fight itself is fine. Yeah. Like once you get over there, it, but it's very similar to four, like hide to get him to look for you yeah. and then jump up. Yeah. I, I just so. love, I love the idea of like, it, that works for me more when they're curious, not when they are you aggressive. Know, using, yeah. Aggressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he's, you know, he lusts for destruction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lust um, is a kind of curiosity. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess that's true. Um, yeah. So next up is uh, Hydras, um, who is in a, ru- a a ruin hidden in a lake. A ripple of thunder lurks underwater, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, you have to do a real convoluted path to get to this guy. Yeah, I don't like it that much because yeah. it kind of doubles back on itself in a weird way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's confusing to see where you need to go mm-hmm. in this, and the map is pretty useless, as pretty as it is. Yeah. For finding things like there will be little crevices and, and, and stuff that you cannot get over that are not explicit on the map. The most useful purpose that it serves is so any given journey, you leave kind of a dot like a dotted Jeffy line behind you, mm-hmm. um, you know, like a family circus. Uh, sorry, a circle of uh, uh, destruction and degradation. Um, yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so you can see if you're like, OK, like I totally have just retraced my steps, you know, back right. through this, you know, stone arch gorge or something like that. But this is kind of the only one where I felt very thankful that there was a save point shrine along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Because the game is pretty generous in that. Like if you die on a Colossus, you just get to start at the beginning of the Colossus. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't it doesn't make you reload from where you saved. But Yeah. Um, yeah, so Hydras, I like Hydras, though, Yeah. Um, as a, because, you know, another, like, a greater fear of mine than being high up in the air is being underwater. Yeah. Like, in, in any sense. Um, he goes deep, too. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, he's this kind of eel, like, gigantic eel. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have to wait for him to surface. And then uh, he has these electric spines mm-hmm. on his back, um, which, if you disable those, you can actually destroy those. And if you do, he is defenseless. Right. Like he becomes other than the fact that you have to grab onto him and he will try to drown you yep. by going underwater. Um, which makes me think, I wonder if he breathes air because otherwise he would just stay underwater forever. Right. Like I wonder if he's like a dolphin kind of situation. Or do these things breathe at all? Well, I guess, I guess that's true. Like, well, why would he come up then? Yeah, I know, yeah. right? Yeah. Other than, you know. Because game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Other than because game. Or because, or because you know, uh, trespasser, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. Like maybe eventually you'd figure out some way to get him under there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. But it's it's pretty cool. This takes me a lot of tries generally just because, um, I don't know, I, I will attack too far away from the spine in order to, uh, you know, like, and, and not get it. And he doesn't, like before he does like the big dive under to lose you, he'll do small dives. And those spines only fire when you're submerged. So when you get hit, it takes away a bunch of your health. Yeah. And it also makes you drop off. So this is one of the ones where I had to make that approach more times than I than, than I felt was strictly necessary. Right. Um, that right. kind of that kind of built up a little bit of my frustration. Um, yeah. Over this. I, I just I just like him because you I like the idea of gripping onto him as he is like yeah. speed jetting through the water. Like yep. it had a like a diminished, you know, avian effect mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Ugh. Man. But, yeah. And it's also introducing the fact that uh uh, Colossi can shoot electricity. <laughs> yep. Or in the case of the next one, poison electricity. <laughs> so he shoots poison lightning, this next guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's let, let's go to this one. Kuromuri. Peritone um, mm-hmm. uh, Umbra, the wall shadow. Uh, Peritone, rather. Sorry. Yeah. 
um, yeah, who is a tail trapped within a pail, which I love that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was like, good one, Dorman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, way to pull that one out. How long you been sitting on that one, Dorman? <laughs> um, <laughs> Dorm! I was just thinking, like... I like this dude. I like his mm-hmm. arena. Um, he is the one who feels most aggressive, and I probably die to his explicit attack more than most of the others' explicit attacks, maybe into the last one. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's uh yeah this this uh, lightning poison that he shoots at you is tough. It took a little while for me to figure him out because the arena it seems obvious once you know okay he's gonna climb on the wall and there's a weak point that's exposed then, but the the arena does not connect in every way you want it to. Like there are walls and stuff and certain stairs, uh, you know will not like depending on where you're at in the arena you won't be able to have full access to every floor. Right. Like different floors are compartmentalized in different ways. So kind of finding the place in the arena that's the best place to fight him is kind of half the battle mm-hmm. I found. Um, but I like him too. Like yeah. I, I like this guy. Yeah. Um, and you know, so we should get, I'll, I'll give just a little bit more of a description of this. It's like, it's like a Coliseum that has these arched, uh, like kind of like layers around it. And the trick is that he is, you know, this lobster salamander who, uh, you know, will come up, even though he has probably the most effective projectile attack in the game, you know, uh, you know, really high. And he has these kind of sacks on his ankles that when you shoot them, it causes him to lose his grip. Um, mm-hmm. And then that exposes his uh, his weak point. So as you're going along, you know, these weak points are getting more and more kind of concealed. Right. Right. And so, you know, you have to do your controlled fall. Uh, you know, proving that Wander has, you know, some kind of special, his shoulder joints are made out of special alloy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, you could go down the stairs. That is totally, you know, it'll take too much time. So you just drop down and then hopefully grab onto something at the very last second. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the fall that kills you. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, uh, the, it's the impact at the end. Yeah. No, it's the poison yeah. lightning at the end. Yeah. The, the poison lightning you find. Yep. Um, yeah. And this guy, this guy is appropriately pathetic when he's on his back too. Mm-hmm. Which I really like. Like you knock him on his back, and he's kind of a sad pup. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's take a real quick break and acknowledge uh, our sponsor. Yes, before we move on, um, you know, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, this episode is brought to you by Latchkey Kingdom, mm-hmm. um, which is a webcomic. If you go to latchkeykingdom.com, um, is by Nick Daniel, and he has a series called Titan that is very much inspired by Shadow of the Colossus and is excellent. Yep, the, the, the comic in general follows the adventures of Willa Dragonfly, uh, who is a uh, spunky young adventurer going into uh, kind of situations that are inspired by video games, again, like Shadow of the Colossus. And mm-hmm. it is uh, very funny, whimsical, and charming. Yep, well recommended. Yeah. So yeah, if you're interested in reading that, um, check out latchkeykingdom.com and uh, to g- give it a look. Thank you again, Nick, for, uh, for sponsoring us. Absolutely. Um, if you like this show, and if you like Gary and Cole... Why not check out Abject Suffering? Mm-hmm. It, it is, is a, a yeah, show on the network that more people need to listen to. Yeah, yeah. We really want to we, we want to bump this up. So it is uh, nominally about bad games, um, except we very quickly veer off topic. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so we play games that are recommended by the uh, by by the listeners. Well, you guys came out in force. Like we have enough potentially bad games to last forever, essentially. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's a, it is a very good time. It's kind of just uh, it's 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 duck feet after dark. You know, yeah, that, that <laughs> just, is true. just and, kicking up our heels and loosening our ties. Yep. And the the most recent episode we recorded, we had our uh, Riff Connor on from mm-hmm. uh, the Video Games Hot Dog Podcast, and it's delightful. Yeah. 
I just, you know, we just record that and it is, it is wonderful. It is great. So yeah, uh, we, we feel that it's consistently some of our best work. And if you want to uh, check that out, that is duckv.tv slash abject suffering. Mm-hmm. And just kind of a word about uh, sponsoring on the network. So part of the Patreon thing is we want to get away from ads that you hear on every other podcast. So you'll notice for the past couple of weeks, we haven't really done the Audible thing, and we're probably not going to continue to do that. Like, the link will still be there, and that's a way that you can do that, but we're not going to uh, spend time. Instead, you know, the or sorry, the, the, the Latchkey Kingdom ads, and, you know, that, that, that's that been so successful, and people have responded very positively to it. We want to give you an opportunity, if you listen, to sponsor the show. So to kind of put in an inquiry about that or, you know, other shows on the network, go to duckfeed.tv slash advertise, and there will be a little form there, and uh, that's how you can express interest. And, you know, I will reach out we can have a conversation about what's involved in getting that there because we mm-hmm. would love to be a platform to hear about less known things and for people who want their thing to be known about to uh to get that word out so that yeah. is duckv.tv slash advertise gary mm-hmm. yeah no I, I have nothing more to add to that please do it cool. like we, we we'd, we'd be happier supporting people we like and projects we like not that i mean i don't greatly dislike audible <laughs> but uh you know i probably like uh your podcast more than i like audible yeah so Yep. So I feel good about yeah. that. Good. Yeah, that's good. Um, that website doesn't exist. Um, I'm going to it. have it. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's that, that's one of my big to-do list. For I, the, I figured you you. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't a broken link or something. Nope. So. Yep. Thank you for checking it though. No problem. Yeah. Okay. Neat. <clears throat> All right. And and let's let's move on to this piece of shit Colossus, <laughs> who deserves every bad thing that happens to him. If I could drain all of the black bile from this guy, I would. <laughs> I hate all this Colossus. All of his blood and just turn into a lake and then put a better Colossus on top of that lake. <laughs> <laughs> this guy sucks. He's not the only one I hate, but mm-hmm. I do hate this fucker. Um, Bossaron. Yeah, Bossaron, the Storm Echo. Awesome yep. name. Yeah, like, stupid turtle. He's a big turtle. I like a big turtle. It's... Yeah, no, I love, I love turtles. They got treasures <laughs> inside. Um, every, everything's great about them. And the approach and everything feels very epic, but... When I was on my way here, I was like, you know, this game has trained me at this point. Like, okay, your environment is significant. You know, these things do not live in a vacuum. Geysers, uh, you know, <laughs> I kind of felt like I knew what I would have to do mm-hmm. um, with this guy. And uh, I don't really like it. It, um, cu- it cuts an interesting landscape. Like, I, I, yeah. like the, I like the appearance of this. It's got that kind of Beksinski desolation to it. You yeah. Know? And it's and, just otherworldly enough to find purchase for me. But you're right. I love how the sky change, like how everything changes as you go. It reminded me a little bit of Dark Souls. Like, mm-hmm. you know, literally the quality of light will change as you move different locations. Like they'll kind of put these filters on, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere like entering Blight Town or something. <laughs> it's not quite that uh, abrupt, but, you know, it just looks like a totally different world when you're in this area. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And you get down here and it's triggering this guy's a little bit different, too. Like because this is one of the larger quote unquote arenas. Uh, you have to walk up to a very specific spot and, you know, the, I, f- I forget, does the sword beam work here? I seem um, to recall it being very weak. I think it's weak. I think it does work, but it's kind of shitty. Yeah. So you're approaching this cave and then he kind of walks out. He's so fucking slow. Yeah. Yeah. So every time you die and you have to wait for him to kind of saunder on out, um, <laughs> every time is super frustrating. Um, he's slow, but he shoots incredibly fast, uh, you know, lightning beam, you know, bolts at you. Which means that you have to have uh, uh, aggro with you, which is kind of cool. Like that is a tool that's been in your toolbox for a long time that you haven't needed to fight mm-hmm. a Colossus yet, even though he's been available for some. Um, but that was frustrating to me because I didn't, you know, I was like, okay, geysers, he's a turtle. I, you, you, if I ever see a turtle in real life, 
I'm putting it on its back. <laughs> like that's just like that's what turtles are for. If Blade Runner has taught us anything, um, yeah, I'm not saying I'm going to leave them there. Right, no, just to see what happens. Yeah, just just to tease them a little bit. <laughs> you know, hey, Poindexter, just just, just joshing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You nerd, get up on your own if you can. But uh, so I know he's, you know he's a boss turtle. I need to put him on his back. That's what happens. But I just kept dying to these like bolts, and I was like, "No, get on the geyser, asshole!" Mm-hmm. And just and then eventually figured out that I needed to to be on my horse to dodge. Yeah, and so the the recovery period behind when you get when you get knocked over by one of those bolts, Jesus so Christ. long. Like, and yeah. that's that that becomes more of a problem later on as you start getting into these colossi that can defend themselves better. Like, yeah. <laughs> Wander will just stay down for fifteen seconds. Yeah, it's it's the worst. Like, there is one that we're going to get to uh, number eleven, mm-hmm. where it's just it's it's intolerable. <laughs> it should not have been. Um, and then Wander or uh, Agro can get hurt too. Mm-hmm. And then limps around like a, you know, like a, like a hurt horse that's hurt. And, uh, you, you can get hit because of that. Like you, it takes a little while for him to recover and get back up to speed. Yeah. So it's very frustrating. And then also when he falls, he falls so far horizontally Yep. <laughs> that I would like jump off my horse too early. Cause it looked like he was done falling. Mm-hmm. He would fall like another city block away. <laughs> yeah. And then I would have like not have as much time to get up on him mm-hmm. because I, I, you know, I wasn't as close to him and I started running to him. So yeah. Yeah. Once you get up on his back, it's not too bad, but it's difficult to do so. Yeah, and it's a real pain if you if you for any reason fall off. Like he's so big that like I I think it, at at some point on this most recent playthrough I just ran out of grip when he was trying yeah. to shake me off because he'll like shake for a very very long time, and uh, it is you know just uh, just a chore, just a tedious tedious ordeal to try and get back up to him. Yeah, this yeah. guy this guy is an asshole, and I did not feel bad about killing him. Nope, no matter how sad the music got. Yeah. And like you know, we're we're getting into you know kind of a kind of a popular opinion is that the game falls off after the first half that like there are more misses than hits in the mm-hmm. second half. Um, and something that's weird about this, just in discussion, you know, just with people that I've talked with personally about the game and seeing things, you know, on online, everybody has a different favorite and least favorite. Like, yeah. like the, the, there's no one. Well, maybe with the exception of this one, and there's I think disproportionate hate against the small ones a little bit um but like the the, it's distributed across the entire game like what people think is like the fuck you moment yeah yeah i I don't think it necessarily lets off in the second half because for one thing i mean you know yes they they start introducing some some kind of bs bosses but i think the the ratio kind of remains the same in the first and the second half and with the bs ones kind of replaced with ones that are just there's nothing to them Mm -hmm. you know like the first colossus is only notable because he's the first colossus but when you're playing it again like Mm -hmm. these He's not that cool. Um, and the other thing, too, is that the kind of meta stuff and the grander plot ramps up. Yeah. You know, you're getting more degraded. You've had enough opportunities to do this terrible thing to start really thinking about it. So that kind of increases as the uh, – but I'm really glad they did not put in 24 or 64 classes <laughs> yeah. or whatever uh, because they don't didn't would not have sustained it. No. Like 16 is maybe too, too many. Mm-hmm. You know, but 16 is fine. 16 yeah. is very good. Right. So we get to uh, we get to number ten, which I dig from a set piece kind of standpoint. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty cool. It's it's basically like a uh, what, what is it the, the Levi- Levi- Leviathan fight, except with sand instead. Yeah, yeah similar, but the uh, the whole bit like the way that you get this this guy's weak point, I really like. Mm-hmm. 
like I like this one a lot actually. Yeah. Um, where you uh, uh, you know you have to he is, he's a sandworm that uh, that you know moves around in the, the sand. Uh, Dirge is his name. Yeah. And uh, eventually you have to get him to chase you, and then while he's chasing you on aggro, you have to shoot backwards at his eyes as they yep. peek above the surface of the sand, which uh, just looks awesome. Yes, it does. It's yeah. pretty like that, satisfying. That's very satisfying and mm-hmm. very cool. Mm-hmm. And then once you do that, it's nothing, you know, no great, uh, no great shakes to kill him. Mm-hmm. So it's not too bad yeah. um, to actually do that. But I really like the that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. It's a Very striking, satisfying. it's a striking image. Like it'd be a pretty good desktop background. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. you know, just this, the, 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 these perfectly round eyes glowing, you know, mm-hmm. like just like right up behind you. And you, you kind of hold your breath when you're doing it. Yeah. Too, just because it is, it is that tense. This is a great example of, uh, another great example of the game fudging kind of some of the details because as you are aiming behind you, aggro just kind of will automatically find a path that doesn't involve running into a wall. Yeah, you can kind of trust the horse. The horse yeah. does not want to. It's not a car. Yeah. It does not want to crash into a wall. Okay. Bold stances. Horse is not car. Yeah, horse. Come here. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> the kind of science facts. <laughs> horse. Cole, is it time for another Watch Out for Fireball science fact? <laughs> science corner. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or the science zone. Yeah, the science zone. It's been a while since you guys have done the oh, science zone. It totally has been. Huh. Yeah. The uh, yeah, science zone. Horses are not cars. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, I really I, I like this uh, this classes quite a bit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I think maybe when people are talking about the second half of the game sucking, they're really talking about this stretch too, because this eleventh one I don't like very much because of one specific kind of flaw, which we'll get into. Yeah. Um, this is Celosia, the uh, Ignis Excubitor. Uh, Excubitor. Yeah. Excubitor, the Flame Guardian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Dorman says, you know, it's a guardian set loose. It keeps the flames alive. I'm not sure how it does it because it's terrified of flames. Yeah, that was frustrating to me. Like, it is a counterintuitive <laughs> clue. Mm-hmm. It's a straight-up Simon's Quest level. You do the opposite of what this thing says, mm-hmm. you know. Um, that's frustrating. But this is like, it looks like a, like a pug. Like, it's a little, <laughs> little scrapper. Um, you know, and uh, a little bulldog. And he's really fast. Mm-hmm. And the issue with this guy is that you kind of have, like, a Dark Souls-esque dodging system in place but you're not invincible when you're doing it no like you're on dark souls so you can perfectly time dodges but if he hits you he knocks you down and knocks you out and he will then just hit you while you're knocked out uh often tell you die or he pushes you somewhere he can't get to you anymore Mm -hmm. which i appreciated as an animalistic thing like it felt like a cat attacking a mouse yeah you know like it just keeps kind of knocking it down it felt very like realistic from a gameplay perspective, it's infuriating mm-hmm. because you can make one mistake and then you just it's this chain of in non-interactivity as you just have to watch as your character gets batted mm-hmm. around. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do to make Wander get up faster. No. No. And that sucks. Yep. Like that is very frustrating. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, if, if, it feels like they almost balanced the whole knockdown period for the bigger enemies that didn't move that quickly. And it was something that should have been addressed when they got to something that was this quick and this small. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I was about to say like, oh, I kind of I kind of dig the because it's a powerful moment when you when you get him to knock down the the plank and you light on a fire and he is cowering from you. Like mm-hmm. this is really the first time that you have any of these kind of explicitly on the run. It looks terrified. Like yeah. that like that is a you know that, that that is powerful. I don't I'm not sure animation, posturing, key poses, something like that like when he is backing away because it is you know <laughs> how the worm has turned. Using right. that phrase incorrectly. But like even then it kind of feels like a Zelda puzzle. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and, and isn't it kind of amazing like as much as how Zelda has become this pejorative term 
like in this weird way. Like yeah. I can't remember the last time we referred to something as being Zelda like as a positive. <laughs> like despite the fact that we like it, but like mm-hmm. you know, I like Zelda games, but a lot of times when something is compared to Zelda, it means shit. Like it I, means like you're doing it bad. Well, it needs to fit. Yeah. Right? Like there are a lot of things in Eco that I would compare to Zelda, but it fits in that because it is about that kind of puzzle. It is mm-hmm. about traversal and navigation and stuff. And I love Eco. So when I say, oh, there's some Zelda like stuff in there, it's cool. But like it is totally part of a, uh, like a, a cohesive world and also like a cohesive set of things that the game is asking you to do. This is the first time you can pick something up and use it as a weapon. Yeah. Like it's, it's introducing something new that again compounded with the doorman telling you a straight up lie. Like just right. it doesn't make an awful lot of sense. I don't and, remember and, how I first figured it out, but it was probably Ben uh, from the level, like, you know, freshman RA, uh, you know, talking about like, yeah, that's totally how you do it. I couldn't have figured it out myself. The way what, what would have been a but... way cooler to, way to do this and what I tried to do when I first got here was get up onto those uh, platforms and shoot my arrow through the flames. Oh, yeah. And push them off that way. Mm-hmm. Like the arrow sticks in the ground. It's on fire. You create a path to push him off the thing. Mm. Then you're not using a different tool. You know, it doesn't uh, it doesn't have that kind of dissonance to it. It still hasn't being afraid of fire, which is nonsense. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like it's just, and I was trying to do that when he knocked me off, and then I saw the plank. I'm like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I get it. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and the reason why you're pushing him off is to break off his shell. Yeah. Like he's he's armored. Um, but you get down there onto uh, onto the ground where Shell is, and you're down in this other area that's not really part of the arena, and it's very easy for him to hit you down here and mm. kill you down here as well and just yeah. do that kind of chain, like, stun lock you. So um, it's yeah. really dependent on you making that first jump and landing it because if you get on there, it's like three hits and he's done. Yeah, yeah. But if you miss it, yeah. God help you. And it looks like farther than you should be able to survive. Mm-hmm. It's not because fall distance is time you me in this game, but <laughs> it, it seems like something you should not be able to survive. So it, this is a frustra- frustrating, frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> this guy frustrated me. Oh, no. okay, so his bones are made out of aluminum. That way he's light enough that his terminal velocity isn't great enough to kill him. But oh, he's okay. also resilient enough that uh, taking damage from these gigantic things won't immediately put him in traction. Yeah, you're, you're trying, you, you wanted to call him a bird man, yep. and then didn't quite. <laughs> yep. Like, similar to a bird man. But, well, if I, but if I said his bones were hollow, then it wouldn't yeah. make sense that he could survive this guy, even one of this animal hitting him. Well, he, so. He's all filled up with... Uh, Colossus, yes, you know, at this point. he's powered so, by Colossus juice. Yeah, he's got it's he's like been Gatorade. drinking Colossus juice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's got electrolytes. Yeah, Colossuses love it. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but mm. this guy, this guy sucks. But luckily, like I, I like several of them that we're coming up to. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Starting with the next one, Pelagia. He's pretty great. Yeah, Pelagia is really cool. Yeah, um, another another water uh, based Colossus. But mm-hmm. even though you're not going to go underwater with this guy i love this guy because a his arena is amazing but b mm-hmm. um i get like the sense that there's more of him that we're not seeing specifically because he is underwater so he yeah. might actually be the biggest one that you fight so far yeah that's really cool mm-hmm. yeah and the uh you, you do use the water even though you're not going to get sucked underwater for this guy so essentially this guy is another lightning shooting uh <laughs> colossus and uh you can use cover and everything but you want to get him close enough to you to uh to to kind of rear back and you try to get to onto his back and you jump and you dive underwater mm-hmm. and swim underwater where the electricity doesn't hurt you because that's how electricity works. <laughs> yep. Um science fact. Yeah, so here, is it time for another watch out for fireball science practical? <laughs> the science zone. zone electricity is not conductive. Or water <laughs> is not conductive to electricity. Yeah. This has been Watch Out for Fireball Science Fact. <laughs> <laughs>
this is a this um, is a magical realm where water is rubber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Um, which is why you can land on it from like a thousand feet. <laughs> yeah, boy. Um, but uh, the coolest thing about this guy is I love the, the design of his head, where he has these teeth as a crown um, yep. of, on his head, which just look really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you steer him by banging into them with your sword. And again, talk, talk about a pinball landing on some glass. That's satisfying. That is a really nice sound. noise. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also pretty sad. Like the idea of this thing just kind of like moving in the direction that you're, you know, isn't, it doesn't feel like he's controlling it mm. in any way. Like it, it almost suggests a, like, you know, like a, a bit for a horse. Yeah. It's like a beast of burden almost. Yeah. Like he's been, you know, that's, he's been used that way mm-hmm. in the future. And some of the teeth are missing. You know, it does, again, it suggests that larger backstory without ever actually spelling it out. Mm-hmm. So very cool. Um, and you just want to direct him to these platforms that you can get up on top of, um, you know, in order to uh, to climb onto him, yeah. climb onto his face. Mm-hmm. So you have so. to play the glockenspiel to get him over there. And then yep. that gets him to reveal a little bit more of himself by rearing up and putting his forelegs on there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this guy is different because he doesn't have a uh, he doesn't have a weak spot on his head. You're doing that specifically so you can get access to his tummy. Yep. 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 And stab that. So, yeah, this is, I like this guy a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, you get a cutscene after this mm-hmm. too, which hasn't happened very often. No, you get a little bit of these, but this is a this is kind of a major big deal. Um, and the uh, the village elders know that you've left, and they're coming after you. Mm-hmm. So. And yeah, and you find out why they know you left later on too. Yeah, so, yeah, but uh, yep, yep. you know, it puts a little bit of a like a little bit of pressure on the story. Like you know, they're eventually going to arrive. So mm-hmm. yeah, yep, yep. and you get to what might be my favorite Colossus. Me too. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I was, I was going to mention this one is, was my favorite. Yeah, um, yeah. This 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 is great. Um, phalanx, but yeah. she's not really a phalanx. No. That means something. Shadow of the Colossus. Um, <laughs> it does. does not really have anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a cool name, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's another desert Colossus. I, I like his. I like his uh, third name or whatever. The Trail Drifter. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So after <laughs> after That's your my... blues name, one of them's your jazz name and one of them's your blues name. <laughs> no, no. Okay. So no, no. My, my blues name is uh, is is the uh, the Delta Phoenix. The Trail Drifter is my country western name. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this this clue is great. A giant trail drifts through the sky, mm-hmm. and also thou art not alone. Again, referring to the uh, you know the ones uh, the, the elders coming after you. Yeah. But holy shit! Like this is the most visually impressive colossus. It might be the biggest, uh, yeah. with the last one as a possible exception. Um, but God, it's like a gigantic sky snake dragon that is powered by these gas bladders. Yeah, he's got Ugh. these pulsating mood sacks. <laughs> you have to uh, like these HR Geigerian uh, mood sacks that you have to burst to lower his altitude altitude mm-hmm. enough to uh, to get you know have him come down to you. But he never does anything to you. No, he is just uh, you know this beautiful you know kind of wish dragon just kind of going <laughs> through the uh, or luck dragon just kind of going through the sky until you decide to fuck him up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, and this is the one. I mean, so the the, the sand tiger or whatever his name was, dirge. You you have to ride. You know, aggro to get him. This is similar to that, and that you know, as you are taking out these gas bladders, he starts coming down and skimming the sand with his wings, mm-hmm. and uh, just oh my gosh, that moment! It, yeah, it just looks really cool too. Yeah, having your, having your vision kind of obscured, mm-hmm. and you have to keep pace with him, get close enough to jump off of your horse onto his wing. Yeah, you're matching speed is what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
which, which so is cool. yeah, it just it feels so cool. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, it, it's great. It's a it's a wonderful video game moment. Not even a Shadow of the Colossus moment. Mm. Like that just feels so awesome. Yeah, that is a that, that that is definitely a high point. It is it is the most badass freeway exit merging that you're ever yeah. going to experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, and like you get up there, and then all of a sudden you're on this platform. You know, taken mm-hmm. out. He's got these weird flaps. Like this. Uh, you know. You can say a lot of bad things about Final Fantasy XII, um, but the design of some of those summon monsters and then kind of the the gods of that game, like this these mm-hmm. weird kind of strangely geometric, non-Euclidean kind of things, this feels like something out of that. Like this mm-hmm. thing has its own biological logic to it. It is the most like biological looking of the Colossus, yeah. Colossi, given that it has these sacks and these kind of uh, <laughs> flaps on its back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're, you're, you're running along, and the only way that it can hurt you is by trying to run from you. And it runs yeah. from you by, by diving into the sand. Yep. Yep, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which is, like, it is a little bit annoying that you can't get them all in one cycle, but it gives you another chance to do this cool <laughs> jump-off thing, which, like, I'll take. Wee! Again, again! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah which I'll take. <laughs> I, I love it. And also the fact that he's so explicitly non-aggressive and so, mm-hmm. like, beautiful and weird yeah. uh, make this one, you know, one of the sadder ones. It's, it's, a, so. it's a tragic death. Like yeah. that scene, it just like just seeing it just slowly list into the ground, like you know, like a, a plane that runs out of fuel doesn't crash. It like glides until it lands violently. Yeah, and that's what this does. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it is. It is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Love this guy. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Real sad. A lot of them. A lot of them have been sad before. <laughs> yeah, but this one's super sad. Yeah. And speaking of super sad, like when you get back to the temple, now you look like shit. Yeah. You really do. Like, you look really like shit. Yeah. And there are so many shadow men that it, you kind of get the sense that they're going to start an acapella group around you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just sounds like a bunch of people blowing over jugs. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's getting out of hand and there's a whole flock of doves over there. Like, just, uh, yeah. th- this stuff is adding up. And again, everybody has their own moment. It's, you know, Bully and the Frog or whatever. But like, it's, you know, things are really coming to a head. Yeah. 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 Um, next up is Zenobia, which is a uh, classes I kind of like, even though people, people don't like this one. This one shows up in the, the week list. I like and this one a it, lot. It's pretty gamey. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the geometry is so prescribed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or this or the the, but I do like it. Like mm-hmm. it is very fun for me. Yeah, um, it's yeah. different. I mean, it's different from yeah. what you've seen before, and not in the obnoxious way of the flame tiger, right? Yeah, like, you know, it, it is another small one which people don't like. I like that you know the smaller they get, the more aggressive that they get, and yeah. that is that stands in contrast between okay, the biggest one is also the most peaceful, and then here you get to this. It's a it's it's a definite exercise, and you know, one of these things is not like the other a little bit, right? Yeah. Until, it totally makes sense because you're closer to its size. So the bigger mm-hmm. ones, up until you start stabbing them in their runes, like, <laughs> I don't see you too much of as a threat. Mm-hmm. Whereas this thing potentially could. The family yeah. runes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know. Have this... you ever thought about, or just, just real quick, like, I would be loath to get a video game tattoo. Getting a Colossus weak spot in somewhere a Colossus would have a weak spot, I think is a cool idea for a tattoo. But then, you'd, like, it'd be on your head. Oh, that might well, actually would, be would... better. Okay, so, yeah, so, 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 you, so you shave your head and then grow your hair out over it. That, w- that way it's a tattoo only you know you have. Yeah, and then if anybody stabbed me in it, I would <laughs> you be would in real rough died. shape. Yeah, well, you can also, I mean, they show up in other places too, like behind your knee and, yeah. and stuff like palm that. Palm of your hand. Back. Yeah, palm of the, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> tattoo on the palm of my hand. But uh, like as far as a video game tattoo goes, I, guess, I think that's pretty legit. That is pretty legit. You know, 
I think that part of me growing up is realizing I'm more sus- I'm more superstitious than I than, than than I would like to admit that I am. I would feel weird about getting a weak spot tattooed onto me, even though I intellectually I know why. And the same way I would feel weird about getting the dark sign tattoo. Mm, yeah, because maybe what if it's real? I, I'm not like, so like what if it's real? It just feels like bad juju. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There, there's there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I just I, I wouldn't want to get like, oh, what's that date that you have tattooed on the back of your arm? Oh, that's the day I'm gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, 2021 that's pretty quick isn't it yeah i'm gonna have a rough couple of years <laughs> yeah so would you be willing to have sex with me <laughs> <laughs> no strings attached <laughs> i know i'm not gonna get all clingy <laughs> i'll be very clingy for a very short amount of family time. nor this mortal coil <laughs> yep so. Ugh. okay let's get away from that real quick yeah. <laughs> well you know the game's getting bleaker it is um, yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, but this guy, so he's a bull. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with the other, <laughs> continuing the, uh, the 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 toric imagery, and uh, this is kind of the closest uh, match between the uh, not the closest match, the closest they've been tied between the Colossus and the environment, because mm-hmm. you are specifically trying to get him to a place where he, uh, you know, sheds his armor, right? Yeah, yeah. And, so, and, you, and you're, yeah, you're in this giant the ruins of this uh, huge city. Mm-hmm. And uh, just kind of, you know, going where you can go, you know, essentially, and just getting him to chase you and trick him into knocking down these beams. Right. Um, which will open up new paths. And it goes on for quite a while. Like, it's not like he's just in one room and you knock down a beam and then you can hurt him. Like, yeah. you have to really kind of spam this the city. Yeah. This is, the, this is the chase sequence that that Barbus fight should have been. Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is very cool. And there's, it's pretty low stakes. Like, it, it's not like a chase sequence, but it is, there is a little bit of an element of it because eventually he will try to knock you off of things. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And you're leading him back to kind of the entrance to this area because he kind of came in over this, uh, over this balcony. And, you know, you've seen these boxes that are like lined up. And then, mm-hmm. like, as you kind of pass down by this, you see that this balcony is perched up on these boxes. Um, and, uh, uh, it seems that what you're trying to get him to do is, uh, to cause a balcony collapse, like happen, you know, like happens every year on New Year's Eve in mm-hmm. some like Eastern European city, 14 <laughs> yep. people yep. died in balcony collapse. Don't stand on balconies, people. Yeah. Serbia. Um, the, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we have any Serbian listeners. I'm very sorry. Yeah. We, we apologize. We apologize for yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we definitely do. No, just, just tell you, um, like, get your building codes up. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we don't mean to make light of any no. country that has, like, th- this country has a thousand problems that, that I also <laughs> yeah. hate. So, er, you know, everywhere's got problems. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is a cool Colossus. I like this guy too. Yep. Uh, which I can't say about the next one. Um, I don't like Argus very much. No. No. Um, it, uh... And I wish it wasn't the last, you know, the second to last, like penultimate Colossus. I wish it ended on a higher note. Me too. Like, yeah, this guy is just not very interesting and pretty frustrating. He's a big dude, so he's the Sentinel, and he's guarding this kind of, you know, valley city. I think that there's just too much stuff that you're trying to get him to do. Yeah. Well, and it's, it just kind of, it feels in, kind of indirect and arbitrary in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, oh, you know, he can kind of smash these. You get more hints during this fight Ugh. than the other fight. Like, Dorman's just constantly telling you what to do. Yeah. And, uh... The, the him smashing the platform to tilt it up and then knocking down these boxes mm-hmm. or the, the, you know, knocking down this pillar or what have you. So you can climb up on it. It just feels arbitrary. Like there's, there's a huge space and, and it only works in one corner of it. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing to indicate that that's where you should try to make your approach. Even once you figure out what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
and like getting him to like lose a sword. This is the most frustrating weak spot in the game, I think, because there's no direct way to get onto his hand or the palm yeah. of his hand. Like that's just ugh. yeah, this guy sucks. Yeah, very frustrating in uh, time trials, just because it is so dependent on him being in particular places at particular times. And I think that you know, like that sentiment that I have about like the the, the Colossus AI being really frustrating just comes from me having done this guy so recently and having yeah. had. The, the, the specific kinds of trouble that we're that we're talking about here although there was an awesome moment like in okay so so what do we have here telling somebody about their dreams and also telling people about this one time in a video game <laughs> <laughs> so back in the dorm days which is just this is so heavily linked with with those you know that time and those people again the people from the level um <clears throat> you know uh, we were in a time trial and somebody just took a flying leap because we were getting to, towards the very end. And I think they jumped from the broken bridge right onto the palm of his hand and got it like in the last second. Hmm. So it was, it was a one in a million shot, Jerry. Like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you, you can do, uh, you can do a lot of stuff. Like, this game is pretty big for speed runs. Mm-hmm. Um, you our, know, our, our fr- friend Lobos. of the show, Lobos. Yeah. Lobos. Uh, I watched his speed run of it finally. Um, cause I wanted to, do it as to refresh and I wanted to have it fresh in my mind and beat it without having the strats in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a lot of things like that. Um, you know, you can skip a lot of this, what you're supposed to do and get instantly to the weak point. And it's pretty fun to watch. Um, it's about three hours long. I know it's less than that. It's like, it's a little little bit over two hours. I want to say, but uh, it's pretty impressive to to see. I mean, Um, so recommended that he would totally spend more time on the, the, the runs than the actual fights because those fights, you know, take just five minutes if you speed run them like yeah. the like the time trials are really stringent yeah yeah well even even quicker than three minutes like he he does them you know faster than the the time trial is and you get the runs you know all the way down right. it's pretty cool to watch um <laughs> so i'll put a, put a link in the ne- ne- never say the runs all the way down again yeah, he, he's the run they run all the way down <laughs> um yeah. Yeah. the run-ups <laughs> all the way down the path all the way that's yeah, the um I, I had a moment uh at work like i you know i i work for a university and, and won't be for too much longer. Um, but the, uh, how funny it is to me that like you had to come up with some kind of degree plan program or promotional thing for a university. And all they are is synonyms for path. <laughs> like it's just like, okay, so we got, um, we're going to do this for pathways, bridges, journeys, tracks, um, you know, <laughs> pro destination. And like, you just come up with these things that just mean that, you know, the exact same thing. And it's the only thing college marketing people can come up with. <laughs> Like if there's a, if there's a name for an event, you know, like a getting to, you know, getting to know a college event is going to be called like pathways or something like that <laughs> without a doubt. Also rehab facilities. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. It's true. They have them in common and uh, <laughs> yeah. common, but you know, it's <laughs> very, very funny to me. There has to be some kind of, some kind of link between colleges and rehab facilities. It's not that, not that similar. The, somebody, one, a, a member, like a, a faculty member came in and didn't know, like we had an event and he's like, is this the pathways or bridges? And I just laughed at him <laughs> because, and, uh, and he did not understand why I was laughing at him. Um, but you know, he can't even keep it straight. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, marketing. Um, yeah. So anywho, uh, yeah, this guy blows. And uh, but we're on to the sixteenth mm-hmm. Colossus now, who I do not think blows. No, this is this is Malice, um, who you can ascribe Malice to. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the, finally the last Colossus. Uh, the ritual is nearly over. Your wish is nearly granted. But someone now stands to get in thy way. Make haste, for time is short. Yeah. So he's like, ah, dude, fuzzes onto us. <laughs> Go yep, quicker. Yep. 
Yep, and you have to go really far to get here. Yeah, and um, you have to cross through a couple of different arenas, too. Like, you pass by Phalanx's uh, desert mm-hmm. into this, and you're headed to the very, very south part of the map that the game will show you, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. And uh, use your uh, – there's a door in the way that uh, you'll use light. Like, you can use that beam to, to open that up. Yeah. Um, and you go across this bridge, and you get a cutscene where the bridge starts collapsing, and uh, Agro, who knows that he's not going to make it, bucks you off. Into crossing the bridge. Yeah. And you get that nice little, uh, I was about to say the longest journey. <laughs> what is it? Never ending story moment. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Well, it should be noted, I was mentioning earlier, the button that you use to call for aggro, you also use to get Colossus' attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and up until this point, when you press it, you'll yell his name or whistle. Mm-hmm. And then from this point, if you press it, you only whistle. Right. Um, because you can only use it to make a distraction. You're, you know, you're no longer calling for your, your horse. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's, you know, it's, it's super sad. It's a very sad like, scene. Like, I remember yeah. getting verklempt, uh, you yeah. know, when I first saw this. It's like, oh, because it is a companion. And, you know, this is something that is a through line through all of this team's games. I hesitate to say all because there have only been two. But even The Last Guardian kind of has this AI companion uh, kind of thing. And companionship is real important in this. Like, he is your only friend, your only ally in this world. Mm-hmm. Right? And it, it's it's a very much more effective than a lot of the... Um, you know, kind of even though they're really well thought of companions mm-hmm. that you're going to run into in video games like this death affected me more than it would probably affect me if like Alex died in Half-Life 2. Yeah. You know, like I like Alex just fine, mm-hmm. but, you know, the, the silence of it really helps. And the fact that you're actually utilizing Argo in a gameplay mm-hmm. perspective, like when Argo dies, you know, you needed him or her. It's actually her. Um, you needed her to, you know, to to make it this far, mm-hmm. you know, with no uncertain terms. And some of my favorite memories, you know, like the jumping onto the um, phalanx, you know, are just are very tied yeah. to uh, to this companion. That's just kind of been your, and especially the fact that there's nobody else in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just you and this horse, really, and a disembodied voice. And like, that is very powerful. Yeah. And this is, this is two points of no return that are happening at the exact same time. Both yep. this bridge has collapsed and your main means of conveyance is uh, gone as well. You know, to, mm-hmm. to, to talk about it in a very dispassionate way. And yeah. so, you know, like you kind of have been with each of these colossi knowing that you've done a bad thing, but wondering, you know, what has been too far. And literally you go a bridge too far and there is no going back from this point. Yep. Like and you, everything and you pay, is. Or you, I'm sorry. didn't mean to cut you off. Um, but you pay and you pay a price that is really meaningful. Right. You know, like similar to like a, in you know, a comic book or something like that, like do what you can to me. But then once the villain threatens your family or what have you. Mm hmm. Like, that's the actual consequence. Yeah. You know? And again, like, this probably wouldn't have landed, you know, so well if they had, you know, had dialogue or if they had tried to sell it. Nothing in this, again, I hesitate to say that it's understated because you're fighting stuff that's bigger than, you know, the World Trade Center. God rest Adam Sandler's soul. Like, it, <laughs> you know, like, you're, you're fighting these gigantic things. It is grandiose. It is it is huge. But it's so understated and it doesn't it doesn't oversell you know, things that it doesn't need to like, there is sad music and it dwells, but you don't see like wander break down. Like you don't yep. see, like he just like looks and, you know, screams his name a couple of times and then you go on. It doesn't tell you, you should feel bad. You should, you should feel sad. It just lets you do it. Yep. 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 Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It, it does that very well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then a storm kicks up, which also <laughs> contributes to this feeling like yep. it's, it, this approach is so good. Like, yep everything about this and uh you eventually go uh you know climb up some this mountain and end up seeing malice who is like essentially the size of like a city Mm -hmm. like malice is is ridiculous yeah 
he's he's the the sorcerer. He is the the intelligent spellcasting uh, <laughs> classes. Yeah, and uh, like you have to do a trench run to get to him. Like you mm-hmm. have these uh, you know barriers set up, but he can attack you from you know a country mile away. Yep. Yeah, you have to do that roll dodge yeah. and lots of like last minute getting out of the way. Mm-hmm. You know to, to get there. And again, getting the, the to, to, to the frustrating. It takes me forever to get up. Like when you're doing the cliffside run after you get to the, you know, through the tunnels there, like there were times where I just got kicked up by his lightning bolt and just thrown off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So a, li- a little frustrating, but I can forgive it just because it does feel, you know, like, yeah, man, very adversarial, more adversarial than uh, most of the others that you've run up to. Yeah. 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 And the, um, there's kind of like, once you actually get up to him, he's very puzzly, mm-hmm. um, as when you actually, so it's all about manipulating parts of his body into places where you can get to them. Mm-hmm. So like, what can I do that's maybe not going to hurt him, but is going to get his hand to come here so I can jump onto that. Yeah. And then how do I get this hand to position itself into a way where I can jump onto this and stuff? It's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty fun. And the, the, uh, uh, and pretty tricky. Yeah. But the coolest thing about it, I'm glad you have it in the notes because I would have mentioned if you didn't, is that he does not look contemptuous of you. No. Like he treats you like a interesting bug that has landed on him. Mm-hmm. You know, which yeah. makes sense for the how huge he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just like, so he's been attacking you from far and far away, but like, I don't know if he puts two and two together that you're the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. and so like the, 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 there's a particular point when you're on his right hand, like, you know, the one that you have to uh, shoot the bow from to get to his mm-hmm. uh, shoulder, like get him to go there. That's a sweet little puzzle. Um, like, you you know, in order to really get his attention, you have to stab his hand. And then that just causes him to bring it up and actually like level out so he can yeah. like, look at you. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's I don't know if it's humanizing or what, but it's kind of it just says their motivations and their drives are so much different than your own. Right. You know. Um, uh, lower, lower down something I want to address. So you like you're climbing up his robe, like it's a series of interlocking plates and things, mm-hmm. and that is kind of the more traditional jump puzzle kind of thing, you know. And this kind of plays out just a little bit, little bit like a final exam boss um, to a certain extent because it puts a lot of it puts you through a lot of the paces you've been through before, mm-hmm. uh, while adding just a little bit more to it. Also, kind of interesting is inside this cloak you can see kind of this molten core or like magma kind of. Oh thing. yeah, yeah. So he like is fused to the ground and it's. Noteworthy, you know, he only has one. Uh, he only has one weak spot in the regular game. When you kill him, he doesn't fall over. Like he is fused to the spot and held up by this robe that he has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The uh, once you're up on top of it, get to his weak spot up on his head. Um, he will do his best to shake you off as per usual. Mm-hmm. If you want to kind of approach it, um, when you shoot his shoulder from the hand, mm-hmm. um, and he does the thing where he'll put his hand on his shoulder because it hurts, that causes him to stay still. And you can do that once you actually get up there. So if you're stabbing him in the head and you need kind of a break, if you can make it over to his shoulder and stab his shoulder, mm-hmm. he'll stop moving for 10 seconds and allow you to rest. Yeah. As he puts his, you know, he repeats that same kind of loop, mm-hmm. um, which is how I got through him because he's very violent as far as trying to get you off. Um, and you can survive this fall crazily enough, mm-hmm. um, whether you land yeah. on something or not. So you can fall pretty far and still mm-hmm. be okay. Yeah. Takes a chunk out of you. I think the only fall that I've died from, um, aside from often to kill boxes or whatever, um, is uh, is from phalanx. Yeah. No. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, you take him down, and uh, the sky clears. You know, which tells me that he was a he was a storm bearing boss. Yep. Yep. And, and the uh, and you're you're treated to one of the best you know video game endings. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lord Eamon arrives uh, just as the last statue collapses. And uh, we see Wander kind of appears 
or he collapses in a sunny battlefield battlefield mm-hmm. now that the uh the uh, malice is gone yeah. surrounded by uh shadow men yeah. And yeah, so Elon's done pissed, and this is where he reveals that he's the, that Wander actually stole the sword. So this is mm-hmm. you know an artifact of their society, right? And this is the key to the kingdom, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know there, there there's a little bit of dialogue, you know, revealing you know between Iman and Dorman, um, you know, uh, after Wander appears back in the room with the Shadowmen, right? And uh, oh, that's not till later. Sorry, uh, um, mm-hmm. saying you know, kind of revealing what Dorman is you know, or a little bit about, you know, what happened and what the purpose is. So, you know, Dorman says, you know, you shattered me, you shattered my body and put me into 16 different vessels. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is what this, uh, these black vines have been. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, astute players will realize that those things have been going into you this whole time. <laughs> so you're kind of like, you look a little bit like zombie wander yeah. as you, you're, you're approaching and, uh, Eamon has his men attempt to kill you. And when he shoots you, you bleed the same black blood as the Colossi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh and Dorman and then, even straight up says like we we are borrowing this body. Like like yeah. what what you have been doing, you know, kind of in exchange for this force, you know, which which is the dead, which is these lost souls. It's said at the very beginning, you know, reviving mono is, you know, preparing yourself as a vessel for this, you know, for for for, for this entity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and again and in, and in one of my favorite, you know, things like I I for some reason, it's not the best example, but it's the example I always use over and over is the ending of Crisis Core, <laughs> where you play an interactive version of the ending that plays with what came before it. Mm-hmm. And you turn into this last Colossus, which is the, the true form of Dorman, this kind of black, shadowy, horned mm-hmm. creatures. Which and you're... Or what, it has right. aspects of all the ones that you fought. So you yeah. can see kind of these various shadow limbs extending from it, and you can identify parts of things that you have killed before. Mm-hmm. Which again, I love that idea of like a god having different aspects. Like, yep. you know, the, the the forms that these things have taken are significant, right? And and you control uh, yourself as this last colossus, as uh, Dorman's men, you know, attempt to to kill you. Um, and the, suddenly the tables are turned, and you are this sad, very slow, ponderous thing, mm-hmm. fighting these tiny, agile enemies. The, you know, the exact opposite of what you've been doing. How does game. it feel? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, and and they, you know, they tear you up. Like, you cannot. I found myself incredibly frustrated trying to <laughs> aim at them and missing because I was too slow. Yep. And I was like, oh, this is exactly what I've been doing <laughs> yeah. for the last twelve hours. These fuckers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so good. <laughs> that is so good. Mm-hmm. Like that. That's it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. It should be said. So you get shot in the leg um, when you are in Wander's form. And uh, when you when, when you go up, that is the leg that doesn't work too well. So like you're collapsed inside this inside this temple. Dorman is too Dorman is too big to be inside of it. So you're kind of like slouched down. And the reason that you can't really move that quickly, a because you're really big, but b you know like you are hobbled in the way that Wander was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, 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 super super good. Eventually, um, you know they get away. I think you can kill a couple of them. Um, you know, but they they mostly get you. And your different buttons do different things. Mm-hmm. You can breathe like a. a uh, blue fire yeah. kind of attack too and stuff, but they're also ineffectual because you can't really aim them. Um, and eventually they get away and Eamon uh, kind of performs this vanishing right or banishing right mm-hmm. to, uh, to Dorman and throws your sword into a well. And uh, that starts sucking everything in. Yeah. And uh, again, Re- you have control, like real, never take control sad. away from the player. Like <laughs> never, you know, it's, it's the end. It's the, the, you know, and we've we've said this before, so I don't feel too bad about spoilers. But like, it's the annoying thing about the end of Dear Esther to me. Mm-hmm. 
like how powerful would it have been if you would have let the player have control mm-hmm. like maybe 10 times as much instead it's a little bit limp like mm-hmm. never take that control away because you're getting sucked in and you the player and you the character do not want to mm-hmm. and you're both fighting against it it makes you think about that inevitability. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you can hold on to the edge of this of this well as you're being, you know, dragged into this magical portal, you know, until your grip runs out, which yeah. is a and then, long yeah. time. You know? And that's been what you've been looking at that in a different context the whole game. Mm-hmm. You know, so this grip that you've been using to kind of slay these colossi is all that you have left mm-hmm. here. And it, you know, mechanically represents itself in a gamey way while still kind of firing the emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very cool. Yeah. And, and, and it's sucking the blackness off you. It is. As, as it's happening. but it, So you think, you know, oh, is it just going to suck all of it off me and be okay? But that's not the case. Like, it, it is a kind of purification is, yeah. is what it is. Also, this is the same, like, the, the music that plays here is the same music that plays when you slay a Colossus. Mm-hmm. Like, it is it is a loop of, you know, what you have seen as you've watched these majestic beasts, you know, slowly fall and, you know, be diminished. Yeah. Right. Yep, yep. <clears throat> Very intense. So, um, it hits so hard. Yep. And uh, and Eamon, Eamon runs out. The bridge collapses behind him. Yeah, like sealing off the Forbidden Land. Like it doesn't just collapse. It's not like you know, like oh, it falls down. Like it magically self destructs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So as these blocks kind of go away, and it's like a, it's like a neat construction the way that it is. Like the like, like the half the half arches that are all keystones for each other. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you get these kind of recaps. You see the you see the uh, you know the dirt and rock and rusted forms of these hulks as they're being like assimilated back into the scenery over the credits. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're these yeah. static kind of sepia toned images. Have you ever tried going back to a uh, back to a Colossus Arena after you fought? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they turn kind of back into the land. It's so neat. Yeah, super neat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, after the credits, you know, it's a really long credit sequence, but, uh, you know, it kind of pays off. Mono's alive, and so mm-hmm. is Zygro. Yeah. Right? Zygro just has a limp. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, for a horse, that might as well be much. dead. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the, that's It's funny, because within the, the fan community that does not allow anything to be um, <laughs> ambiguous, that's a big point of argument, whether, mm-hmm. you know, he just sprained his foot or broke his leg, mm-hmm. and one of which means that, you know, he's more or less dead, and one of which means he'll be okay. Well, he teleports back with you every single time. Yeah. 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 So, so like he does this... it. Yeah. You don't have to worry about the, the walk back. You know, that's not the issue. Like he could just magically come back. Mm-hmm. So, the, so, so, so he could be in the process of dying and Dorman just whisked you up like Wander at that time. Yeah. You know, exactly. from this river and like here he is. Yeah. Yeah. It seems, it seems a little twist the knifey to, uh, have him come back only to die a little bit you know like the fact that he comes back makes me think that maybe it's you know he's not necessarily dead because otherwise they could have just left his excellent death scene mm-hmm. as it were yeah. um and and kind of telegraph these next bits you know, a little bit more because what his his narrative purpose is to kind of show mono that that wander has been involved like she sees uh aggro show up and is like oh, okay what's what's going on mm-hmm. and she right you know i get the sense that she recognizes uh aggro as wander's horse right and uh, and walks over to the fountain, mm-hmm. um, and there is a wander uh, has been reverted into a baby. Yep, with horns. Yeah, and uh, notably, wander has horns in the zombie kind of scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the horns don't show up uh, like the, they don't slowly grow over the course of the of the uh, of the of the game as he corrupts. Um, so like it just could be you know once he is fully possessed, he again takes on the horns. You know this bull imagery that pops up again and again even with Dorman itself. So, mm-hmm. you know, he is, you know, he becomes kind of the progenitor of this tainted bloodline that extends into Eco. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
the protagonist of Eco has horns. Yep. And that that's more or less been confirmed mm-hmm. as the as the connection there. Like straight up by the by by, yeah, by the developers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And uh they go up to uh to live out the rest of their days in the garden, living on uh, you know, lizards, apples, and deer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And boredom. Yeah. Um <laughs> Used to have all these crazy cool adventures. It's not just a bunch of dirt and rocks and shit. Yeah, and and that's it. Like we never actually learn exactly what's happening, other than that. Yeah, you know, I that's, like it that's, that way. I like it that way too. I like an ambiguous ending because it because it plays with themes. You know, like this. You know, like for this for this realm or this world or whatever. This could be like the like the original sin myth. Like, yeah. what are you willing to disobey in order to get something that breaks the rules that are established for you? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, you know, just talking about sacrifice and defiance and, you know, resurrection and what does death mean? Like you can get as wanky as you want with it. But what's awesome is there's no text really to link it back to aside from these, you know, vague gestures that it makes in those directions. Right. Right. There's there's exactly what this game does. You know, it, it is what I mentioned before, like a lot of games they would be less perfect if anything was taken away. This game would be less perfect if anything was added. It does exactly what it needs to do and nothing more. And anything else would be, you know, addition by subtraction or mm-hmm. subtraction by addition rather. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to say, like, it's just kind of in, as far as we do wrap up before we do a little bit about the postscript and talk about um, the hard mode and time trials and, you know, uh, is that something that I talk about a lot. Um, you know, we talk about masterpiece games. Um, you know, so this game has mo- emotional resonance in spades. And uh, is very artful, but also functions as a game mm-hmm. better than most games that do that, right? So, like you think of, you think about something like um, you know, like a well-written game that plays with themes and, and is 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 uh, you know artful. Um, like you take something like a Psychonauts, right? Which like is a good game, um, kind of plays like trash though. Like it's not very fun to to play. It's very good writing. Um, it would not be a worse game if it played well, you right. know. And that's what, like, a, a game like that that's very good will never meet a game like this, in my mind, because this is really, like, the closest to a whole package that we get. Like, it, the fact that it's a game is necessary. It's not just telling a story. You know, it would not work as any other medium. And it is so strong in gameplay and theme, kind of equal parts. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it is fun to play. It is fun to, you know, it is... It is emotionally affecting. It tells a story that like hits on on a, on a really serious gut level. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really kind of the full package as far as as a complete experience, in a way not very many other games are. You know, like I can't sit here and think there are only a very few number of things I would be like, oh, the editor and me wants to see this mm-hmm. taken out. Like I would maybe take two Colossuses out and have this be, you know, damn near perfect. Mm-hmm. Like it is so so complete in a way that a lot of games that we play that are you know, undeniably masterpieces are not complete. Like they kind of excel in other areas and that's why they, they kind of get by with that. Yeah. If that makes sense. I wonder how much of that has to do with the fact that this is kind of an auteur vision. Like, you know, there, there are stories, you know, of Ueda being very controlling with this and, you know, that kind of, you, you, you get the sense that this is like a sculpture. It is something that was taken away from and taken away from until it reached a point where one person was incredibly satisfied with it. Right. Well, of course, I mean, it wouldn't wouldn't have existed without an auteur vision, but it's like squares and rectangles. Like an auteur vision does not ensure this level of competency. Yeah. As we've seen again and again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely. So, and yeah, and uh, it's, we can't ignore the fact that this does so much new. Yeah. 
Like this is something that wasn't really seen that much before. Like, you know, it, 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 it tried new things and nailed them in exactly the ways that you, the, 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 that you expressed. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very impressive to me mm-hmm. the way that it exists. You know, a game can have a wonderful story, you know, but the, 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 which this does, but the fact that the play ties into the story, you know, which is the thing I'm always going to harp on. Like I, I like games to be games. This is very much a game. Like this would not work as a movie. It would not work as a novel. Mm-hmm. You know, those things would not, it would not work as a poem. Like it is a game mm-hmm. and every, it is just such a successful expression of, of that art form yeah. and that medium, mm-hmm. you know, in a way, other games that I even like a little bit more, like something like, um, like I, you know, I love Planescape. Um, you know, that's one of the, the games we play that I think is, is absolutely top notch. Um, but I think a lot of the charm of that could get by with as a, as an interactive story more than anything. Mm-hmm. Like that interactivity is important. It has game elements to it, but it's not as intrinsically a game as this is. Right. The fact that you're active is important. Like if you were reading about someone actually committing these sins, it would have almost no impact whatsoever. It'd be like, what the fuck is that jerk doing? Yeah, you yeah. have to pull the trigger. Yeah. Or even if they and what a traditional narrative would do would be to try to pile on the motivation. Like mm-hmm. a movie about this would really play up how Mono and Wander were in love. There'd be flashbacks or yep. yeah. They'd have to they'd have to narr- narratively justify yeah. rather than kind of like ludically justify what you're doing. It puts you in the position to do itself. So, you know, you're constantly kind of trying to justify it because this is a game. This is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, right? I'm doing this because I'm supposed to. Right. And the, this immediately launches it into spec ops kind of territory yeah. um, in, in kind of a more delicately stated way. Right. 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 Yeah. It, 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 yeah, it is like a minimalist spec ops yeah. in that way. And that's just always, you know, I love spec ops. It's one of my favorite games. Like I want, you know, I, more than anything, when I play a game is I want to feel something. Mm-hmm. And more than anything, when I have any kind of art, um, you know, I want to have an impact. Like being yeah. bored is the worst possible thing. Um, and this just hits that really deeply in a way that is essential to the medium. Like I'm just mm-hmm. – it's very impressive. Yeah. You know, it's not my favorite game, you know, but I but I really, really love it. And I'm very, very awed by it. Yeah. It is, so. Yeah. It is a staggering work. It really is. Yeah. Like and, it, and, it's oh, going right, to resonate. Like, you know, yeah. like we, we, we see its effects. Everything is, you know, drawn back to it. And with video games being a young medium with very few kind of like successful examples of, you know, things that went on to be an archetype, you know, and when, you know, <laughs> it wasn't until the past like 15 years that we started calling things genres instead of clones of a thing. Like, right. like, like this is the, the origination point that is kind of always going to be referred back to for, for, for the things that this game did. Yeah. You know, not, and, not to like heap superlatives on it, but like it is, it is a singular expression, you know. And of, it's, I'm sorry. I, I that, that's right. That's, you know. that's fine. Good. <laughs> um, and I, and I, as much as I like, um, I'm really happy that this came out because as much as I like Eco mm-hmm. a lot, I feel like Eco doesn't do that as well. Like it is not as new. Like it is new. Mm-hmm. It has some kind of new ideas, but I think that it, as a game, it is not quite as successful. Mm-hmm. Like not that eco could work as a as a novel, like that'd be a weird novel, yeah. but it is. I'm really glad they went this far with it. And as much as I'm looking forward to the Last Guardian, like it's really hard for me to think of what else, how much further they'd want to go with this. Mm-hmm. You know, what uh, which should you play first, eco or shadow? I played eco first. Okay. So and, uh, and I, I liked curious. it. Yeah. I liked eco a lot. Like I think that's a good game. I just got frustrated by it more often mm-hmm. and thought the gameplay loop was not as unique. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh yeah. My, my, I I mean. 
unique in in the actual sense of like only one of this kind of thing, which is what Shadow has. Right, and that's you know super important. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I'm a I'm a huge eco defender, but I'm also a, a you know a defender of setting and tone and mood. You know, which yeah. this also does better than that. But I will I will always say like it's awesome that you get both of these at the same time because neither, you know, neither of them is a huge investment and both of them say something different. This one just says something that's more different in a better way. Yeah. Eco is absolutely worth playing. Yeah. Like in a world without shadow of the Colossus, this developer would have, you know, earned their stripes, Mm -hmm. but just the fact that they, they went further to, you know, to really put Mm -hmm. the fucking topper on the cake. Yeah. (laughs) It's really kind of, you know, blows my mind. Like, yeah, it is, it is it is really hard to not and this is not a novel opinion like there have been yeah, reams game, and reams of paper spent on praising this, this game this game is like just even in podcasts this game has been game game club to death yeah right but it's just because it's excellent mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, and I'm really happy to 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 have had a chance to revisit it because as I mentioned um, a couple times like when I first played this it didn't have the same impact because I wasn't thinking about games the same way mm-hmm. I do now like I wasn't that uh, that young but I was younger and just hadn't had any opportunity to to be critical of them in, in any way. So I liked it, but didn't, didn't love it. Um, and this, it just really had a huge effect as a real illustration of like how you can be a different person and how the media changes based on you changing. Yeah. You know, you can't step in the same river twice because not only is the river different, but you're different when you do it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And when I first played it, you know, I was in this weird change point in my life and meeting new people. And it was this shared experience that we all had, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's just great. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good shit. Yeah. Um, let's you talk know. a little bit about the extra, the really gamey stuff that the game does. Yeah. And I love that it, that it just like, okay, you're going to play this game as we intended it as this understated thing. And then we're going to make it, you know, ridiculous. Well, because the, the, are the mechanical aspects are there. Mm-hmm. Like it's mechanically sound enough to support this shit, mm-hmm. you know? Definitely. Um, so yeah. hard mode is real neat. I like hard mode probably more than regular mode just because mm-hmm. it does vary it up more. So you're not always going right for the head. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's that way, you know, it's, it's like how Dark Souls 2 New Game Plus is better than Dark Souls 1 New Game Plus mm-hmm. because it actually like messes with your objectives, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time trial, yeah. I'm a little bit more on the bubble with just because, you know, some of it, like the, the, there's a large portion of it that is left to chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I've done all of them. <laughs> hard, and then there's also a hard mode time trial. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is which which is also pretty fun, and uh, you unlock all this cool to- all these cool toys. Have you done uh, Have you done any, any of these, Gary? I have not. Yeah. No, the uh, and it's it's I like how you don't get these things until none of this stuff is unlocked until you beat it the normal way. Yeah. So like it's I not said. like oh, if you want to grind on time trial, you can make the main game really easy. Mm-hmm. You know, this is purely for people who want more of the experience and want to challenge themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, like, we shouldn't talk about, like, all of them, but just, uh, the, like, there are a lot of them that are just like, oh, this is a new piece of costumery that gives you uh, better stats, right? Mm-hmm. So, or makes you take less damage or whatever. And there's also a map that tells you where every lizard is and where all the fruit is, which yeah. is pretty cool. But there are some that actually, like, really, really change the way the game plays. We should... um yeah, what are some of them that really change how the game play? Yeah, yeah, like like, like narrowing, like narrowing these down. Yeah, so like there's the uh, they're they're like they're the uh, um, whistle arrows that have the same effect, so you don't actually have to hit in order to make them uh, in order to make the to get the, get the distraction kind of things. Mm-hmm. And also there is the cloak of deception, which just if there is a colossus that is wandering around doing its thing, it won't get pissed off when you're nearby. Mm-hmm. So like it it doesn't immediately get aggressive, so it makes the approach. A lot better. Um, the flash arrow actually does more damage 
and I think you can hit weak spots with it in order in order to uh, do the same thing as hitting it with mm-hmm. a uh, with the sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, the harpoon of thunder uh, is kind of a bigger example of that, and uh, the sword of the sun. Even when it's in the dark, you get a beam too. Cool. My favorite one is the cloth of desperation, which uh, gives you a parachute, which kind of like in San Andreas, kind of changes the uh, the the geometry just a little bit. It's fun more than useful, but like if you just like jump off a phalanx, you can just do this crazy. Uh, what is it? Wind Waker, where you had the leaf. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can do just like that, like just looking at like oh, I'd like to see what this looks like from way up here, and it gives you that ability to do, to do that slow, listless descent. Yeah, yeah. The cloth of desperation, and then finally, you know, there's the queen sword, which is just the sword that you get at the end of Eco. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and I mentioned that. Uh... Oh, good. I just said there's an explicit connection. Yeah. Also an explicit connection. If you walk along, I think it's the eastern coastline, you can see the uh, um, the, the the coast, like the beach from the end of Eco. So yeah. I, I'm not sure if that was them just saying, hey, let's put that in, or if it actually has significance. Like when you cross the sea in Eco, if this is where you end up in the Forbidden yeah. Land, I'm not entirely sure. I like that, but I I would. So yeah. As a... Um... As a, a quick note, too, just uh, out of completionist sake, mm-hmm. uh, there's one explicitly hidden area you can get to in the game. Um, oh, yeah. The garden from the end of the game you can actually get to um, if you hunt enough lizards uh, yeah. to climb up the, the temple that you're in initially. Um, but uh, kind of sadistically, the fruit <laughs> there actually takes your health and endurance down. Yeah. Um, which, now that we know that's where you're going to spend the kind of the rest of your days you know, is kind of beautiful in that, like, this is the this is the, the food for you once your battle is over mm-hmm. and you no longer need these things. Yeah. You know, so if you sequence broke to get there, not sequence broke really, but if you kind of uh, persevered to get there, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is not the time for that. Right. The time will come later when you can enjoy your fatty foods and <laughs> no longer have to climb up monsters. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably about it. Just about, about it. Yeah. yeah. I'm really happy we got a chance to talk about it. Yeah, good game, seven out of ten. Um, <laughs> yeah. The uh, yeah. So what are we? Uh, what are we doing next time, Cole? <laughs> Probably the direct opposite of this. <laughs> oh um, yeah, Killer Seven, which I love this game, but uh, there, it's going to be more contentious. It yeah, is. I'm going to be it, mad it, about it. It is. It is much less of a win. Yeah, I'm not going to be mad about it. I, yeah. I like this game too. Yeah. I never beat it. I played it when I was a little bit younger, but yeah. looking forward to revisiting it. And mm-hmm. I haven't been, you know, I'm looking forward to like a deadly premonition X experience where like <laughs> I appreciate like a lot of what it's trying to do while hating how it plays. Yep. So, Pretty much. But this was uh this was a Kickstarter uh, suggested uh, recommended game. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then after that, um, we are doing alpha protocol, mm-hmm. um, which again, we are going to be joined by Chris Avalone. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're going to do it similar to how we did Fallout 2, where we do the main episode and then uh, kind of do an interview portion for the extra episode. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Um, I love Alpha Protocol. And uh, yeah, that's it. I'm very looking forward to that. Do what I'm doing and pretend you're playing the officially licensed Archer mini game or video game. Yes, that is that is one way. Well, th- there's no <laughs> wrong way to do it, which is great. Yeah. Um, so that's really fun. And you can switch it up, too, Yeah. Uh, just depending on how you want. But doing the Archer, like you're... No one is a dickhead like Michael Thornton is a dickhead. (laughs) Like, it's incredible. Like, it is a dickhead simulator, um, you know, on a new scale. And, uh, yeah. I really meant to, but I I played it already because we moved our schedule around a little bit, as we mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was really trying to play it in a way I hadn't played before. But in a lot of those games that lend themselves to replay, like, other than Dark Souls, I keep gravitating back to the same way. Yeah. 
I played it before, like, oh, I'm going to play as a stealth uh, pistol guy because that's how I do. Yeah. And uh, and did it again, even though it is very, you know, it is viable to play it in, in other ways. Yeah. Um, but I like stealth pistols. <laughs> that game. And uh, next, we're doing uh, X-Men Legends 2. This is a new game yeah. we're announcing. Um, I'm excited about this because it's going to be the first kind of explicitly action RPG loot fest kind of thing. And also, yeah, we, fuck yes, X-Men. Yeah, we have not done a Diablo-like, um, which these only kind of are, but they you know, they definitely kind of are. And um, we're both big fans of X-Men. Um, I This whole series up into the Ultimate Alliance games, I really, really enjoy. Um, and we will see how they hold up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think X-Men Legends 2 is probably the watermark for... Um, you know, before it kind of gets off the rails. Yeah. Like, Ultimate Alliance 2 is not very good, and X-Men Legends 1 is a little bit uh, primitive. But X-Men Legends 2 and Ultimate Alliance 1 are both very good. Yeah. So, yeah. Super excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have anything to say about any of those games, if you go to duckfeed.tv forward slash contact, you can uh, hit us up and let us know your responses. We'd love to hear them. Um, or if I guess if you have uh, questions for Chris, yeah, let us know. We're not going to answer or ask all of your questions. It's not that kind of setup. But uh, we'd be interested to know what you want to hear him talk about as far as alpha protocol goes yeah so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um in terms of supporting the show there's our facebook page where a lot of cool stuff happens um sharing articles related to games and topics and stuff that we talk about and then just in general having a good time that is facebook.com slash uh watch out for fireballs mm-hmm. um we're not going to give the whole rundown uh of all the shows but uh we are part of the duckfeed.tv network and uh there are plenty of things there um you want to talk about the store yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the store. If it's been a little while since you've been to DuckFeed.tv uh, forward slash store, um, it's worth a revisit because not only do we have uh, you know music, like I have my album up on there and our premium uh, Mario Kart episode, but we have a couple of new items. Right. So uh, as part of our Kickstarter rewards, actually all of these are kind of Kickstarter rewards in a way. Um, since we are in a new season, it's the Patreon age, Gary. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Kickstarter was so last year. Yeah. Uh, in terms of content you can get, we did an abject suffering about uh, JJ and Jeff, the uh, TripleGraphic 16 game, uh, mm-hmm. which is a reskin of the Kato and Ken game from Japan. Um, we recorded that in person, and it is a very fun episode. Um, mm-hmm. That's on sale for a cool $1 bill. Yeah, that was previously only available to people who had backed us on Kickstarter, but uh, we decided releasing it for sale is not like a fuck you to them. They still get to feel special, but if you guys want it, you guys can can throw us a buck. Yeah. Um, worth it. Um, we also have some posters made by my friend Noah Dorsey, who yeah. designed amazing posters mm-hmm. uh, that we sold at the uh, part of the Retro Gaming Expo and also had as a Kickstarter award. Um, you know, very clever, like very, uh, uh, you know, nice looking and not obnoxious, I think. Yeah. Um, very cool. And those are also available. Looks good in a frame. Yeah. 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 Um, it's kind of also kind of fun too. When we, um, we were at the booth at Portland Retro Game Expo, a couple of people, I said, if they could name all of the games <laughs> that are referenced in it, they could, they could have the poster poster for free and no one is able to do it <laughs> because we're the only people who like shit like the longest journey. <laughs> so like, you know, or, or, or multiple shadow runs. Like it is not the kind of thing that most people are going to guess. It's but. a plague with a nail in it. Not from that how not from that, uh, uh Treehouse yeah. of Horror from Silent Hill. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> no one is able to do it, but it's kind of a fun game. You can play it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the kind of the final thing, uh, we have a limited number of fun packs. So it's uh, buttons and postcards and bookmarks and things like that. A bunch of stuff with a WAF logo on it. If you want to have so a little bit of swag, uh, going to have a couple of those up uh, for mm-hmm. you to buy. Yeah. And those are limited um, in that we only made so many of them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, if you like that, jump on there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and real quick to mention again, we mentioned it real briefly, but uh, on the, the uh, duckfeed.tv forward slash tip jar, you can see our Patreon 
link. Um, if this episode feels really grossly uh, capitalistic to you, I hope that it doesn't. Um, but we are trying to go in a new direction as far as uh, funding the show um, and kind of, uh, you know, getting over some of our, I, it's, it's me, <laughs> we're mostly getting over my uh, anti-capitalist tendencies <laughs> and, uh, you know, trying to, uh, trying to embrace the fact that stuff that I do is possibly worth money. Whereas so, I am growing a mustache and getting a monocle. Yeah, whereas Cole's, Cole's tax bracket, Cole has swung greatly to the right. And if you stay tuned after this podcast, we're going to be showing a special preview of uh, Cole's new podcast, uh, Immigrants Should Move Away, um, which is Cole's new right-wing podcra- podcast about his new political views. I couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, so sorry if we hit you with the money thing pretty hard. However, yeah. you know what? Uh, we, we did the Kickstarter and people really kind of came out in spades. We think that the goodwill is there and we love you guys a lot. Yeah. And even just listening, just don't feel like the bar has been raised. There's just a new way for you to do it. You sticking around and being part of the conversation that like makes my life and Gary, I know that that tolerable tolerable the word you're looking for (laughs) no no. it it makes my day it makes my week you know you get those like we get like letters from people all around the world that you know i forward them to you like oh somebody in like brazil listens awesome great yeah i don't know like yeah it's it's, very nice we we, we are in a very fortunate position so yeah fortunate sons (laughs) fortunate sons um also we want to thank again uh nick daniel and uh, recommend his excellent web comic, uh, Lashkey Kingdom. Um, we brought that up a couple times, but we both really like it. Yeah. And uh, specifically the uh, Titan arc that he has going, or yeah, it's actually completed. So it's a complete yeah. story. It's about a 22 page comic book and uh, about, you know, kind of a loving homage to Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. So very cool. good. Well worth your time. Definitely. Cool. Well, um, let's, uh, yeah. let's uh, next time. take this pony to stable. Yeah. Until next time, uh, what can they watch out for? Hmm. Watch out for those gods. Like we run into these like crazy sealed away gods a lot, I think. Yeah. And uh, if somebody says, "Hey, there's going to be a price to pay," pay for it. Also, watch That's out true. for poison lightning. Yeah, yeah, poison lightning. If anyone ever tells me like, "If you do this, you'll regret it," and they're a god, I'm probably just not going to do it. Yeah, because they they know better. Who am I to question God? That's true. I'm trying to think of like what being if they died would I go and go through all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't think of one. <laughs> but if there was like a minor version of it, like I had to go like punch 16 people to save roars or something yeah. i'd probably do it yeah like there there are six there are 16 crazy tweakers <laughs> you must scale and defeat <laughs> for to, or to save the life of your cat you have to climb the stairs to their shithole apartments <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. and then the the black you know black uh, vines are just them shoving meth into my mouth <laughs> like you, yeah. you have become what you slay yeah, try it. Yeah. It's like white hot action knives running through your arms. <laughs> Whereas I hold nothing sacred and exist as an <laughs> island. I am a rock. Watch out for Ooh, fireballs. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I am a rock.
like tiny earbuds. <laughs> Makes sense. Hello, hello. My name's um, Cole. Look at me. Look at me. Let's do the tiniest podcast. Today <laughs> we're talking me. about the Game Boy Micro. Help me. Um, 